Hello everyone and welcome to this Nintendo Life episode 187. Remember to say it this time, Bally. I think last time I started the episode, didn't say the episode number, and it threw me off and I was like, why does this feel wrong to me? And then I realized... Your brain missed a beat. I missed a beat. I think it might be the only time I've not said the episode number at the start, so for shame... Oh, it didn't exist then. And not, you know, we're going to get to 500 episodes, Bally, and I'm going to have this stain on my record forever. The one time I didn't say the number of the episode. Unless I do it again. TNL quiz, what was the one episode MBZ forgot to name? Name the number, the number on. See, there you go. You keep that in your banks, everybody. It was last episode, so... Uh, but anyway, we're here again. We're back. Back in business for the second episode of the year. Um, and... Uh, we're doing all right. I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Bali? How's 2021 treating you so far? It's okay so far. It's it's kind of like there's very few release dates for games that we know of at the moment, and it's a good. There's not a t- there's not much coming out either, so it's like a really good window to play. You know, a ton of backlog games, a ton of Game Pass games. Yeah, things are bleeding over, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's a good time to to check things out. Um, so yeah, we've got some fun stuff coming up on the show today, and uh, you know we'll be talking about that Mario Galaxy, uh, digging into it in deep depth uh, as we finish off our kind of discussion of the 3D collection. Uh, but before we talk about the things we're talking about on the show, uh, we have some business to get to, Bali. It's time to do some business. Uh, people will remember last year we started a uh, a new thing that we wanted to do on the show, uh, which is a thing we're gonna we called Game Trade. At the uh, moment, the, it's an annual event, but yes. we might accelerate it if we choose to. It could do become so. a biannual, you know, like we're biweekly. We could make it a biannual event, you know, biannual. Um, which would mean twice a year and not once every two years, right? I don't know. How is, is biannual once every two years? I believe British English defines yes. it as either. And okay, my good. understanding, and Americans out there can correct me if I'm wrong, our understanding is that Americans, the use of biannual or biweekly means two times within the thing. So yeah. biweekly would be two times in a week. Per, or, like Waypoint's uh, podcast is biweekly because they do it twice a week. You know? uh, yeah, and they call it biweekly, whereas in British English, biweekly can mean either, Yeah, which is wild. Anyway, you're learning so much today, everybody. All these just <laughs> grammatical things that you can learn from this Nintendo podcast. Uh, anyway, the, what is Game Trade, Bali? What is it about? What are we doing? Game Trade is where we take a game that the other person hasn't played, and I say, MBZ, you've, hold, you've held off too long not playing this game that I think is really great. You need to play this game. And we basically play a game that the other person chooses. And yeah, and we're forced to, and we have no choice to. in the we matter. Have we have no choice. I have and to do it. I, I gave you Okami last year. I yeah. believe you didn't have a great time in that game, which is a shame. That didn't work out that well. Look, didn't okay, work out okay. that well. Okami's you, a fine game, okay? I don't yeah. think it's bad. I won't say Okami's a bad game. I think it might be one of the most overhyped games I've ever played in my life. It's maybe not aged as, aged as well as, like, if you'd played it in and around Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Ocarina yeah. of Time, maybe it, it feels more in that, that realm of thinking. It's quite hard. Yeah, because I, I th- also think I think my critical faculties weren't developed enough at that point to critique the things that I find not that great about this game now, you know? Um, yeah. So, um, you know. That's how it went. It was I fine. had a better time when you gave me Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. Now, who would not have a good time with Ace um, Attorney, let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, I'd really never played anything like it and had a pretty good time. Didn't quite make my top 10 games of the year that didn't come out that year, but yeah. it 
it's up there and it, as i said before it's very it was a crazy strong year do you um, do you do you have like the interest of doing like one a year because you have the trilogy now you know are you are you looking to to play the second game this year and then maybe the third game the year after is that like your visual no- novel to- like you have an rpg tolerance you have a one visual novel per year tolerance in principle i would like i'm saying it now in january i would like to play the second game this year um, that would be good that's my I aim would... uh, i yeah. just need to find the right gap because last year i felt like there were so few gaps for like it just felt like games were constantly coming out that i wanted to play um and yeah big long meaty games as well not just short stuff so it was yeah kind of hard to get to older stuff but I, i'd like to play the second game this year yeah, one of my things this year I would like to do is have a bit of gaming resolution and kind of go back to the old days of TNL when we're playing like a lot of older stuff that I've, you know, haven't gone back to in a long time. I've got three RPGs on 3DS that I bought in a sale, all these Atlas things. Mm. I've got stuff on Wii, like Endless Ocean and Dewey's Adventure. I want to play some of these weird things. I want to go back and play some of those instead of focusing on kind of relatively new stuff all the time because um, I think that would bring a different yeah. flavor and, and I want to dig into some weird And that's shit, another so. reason we're doing game trade it's a good way yeah. of going back into the backlog so exactly yeah okay well without further ado bali it's time to announce to each other which we haven't said yet uh to each other what so we're giving can i try uh, and guess the game that you've given me well you you can uh however <laughs> i think it's more fun for me to tell you to okay then All right okay. go for it okay so bali the game i'm giving you it's been a long time coming. Um, <laughs> this is so uh, obvious. It's been, you know, years in the making, and it really is getting frustrating at this point. Because, quite frankly, I need my copy of the fucking game back. So you're going to have to charge <laughs> I didn't up know your 3DS. There was such a, a rush to get it back. You're going to look. I've. I will not lie to you. I've seen this game on sale for like one pound the other day, and thought, should I just buy myself a second copy <laughs> just because I need insurance on this? Um, Bali, it's time to charge up your 3DS. It's time to get in the groove of that strategy once more code name motherfucking steam you must play it this year it must happen you must play this video game i lent you like four years ago has been sitting on your <laughs> shelf forever collecting <laughs> dust you have no ambitions to go back to 3ds games so i'm making you do it you're gonna play, gonna code play name code steam. steam you say this yeah. year i think last year we played them pretty much immediately after being given we d- yeah them. we did actually we um, kind of just jumped on them straight away we both had long games last time so it did take me about a month i think to play phoenix right and yeah. I believe Kone's Steam is like 20 hours long, so it's probably going to take me a month and a half or something. So Yeah, totally. It's I don't think it's that you know long a game necessarily. Um, I love this game. I, I absolutely adore Codename Steam, as I've kind of you know talked about a lot on the show. It's one of those games, you know, everyone has that one game that no one else likes that they just love, uh, and Codename Steam is that yeah. one for me. Was it 2015, 2016? Yes, it was 2015. 2015. Yeah. You know um, what? I played the demo way back then and had a really good time and said on the show how I was going to buy this game. And You did. That's the thing. It's like, I think you actually will enjoy Codename Steam because we yeah. both played that demo and we both really enjoyed it so yeah you know and then something got in the way i didn't end up picking it up but you did and you enjoyed it yeah i, I think it was partly because it maybe, maybe it's well the, the nice thing now is you have a new 3ds which means you can do the speed up enemy terms at times three speed which ah. will make it even more smooth for extra you. power Very extra good. power of the new 3ds yeah of course um 
but it's one of those games like metroid other m where it was just a fucking bomb it bombed so hard that it went down to like 10 quid within a couple of months and that's when i picked it up in the well it was delayed in the uk is the thing like part of this was when it first came out in the us it didn't have the speed up thing and uh, a bunch of other things hadn't had been changed about it so it got patched and then it came out in the uk and so we got the version that was already better than what it had launched with so um it was kind of like out the gate it was a little bit worse than it now is today when you go back to play it so cool yeah i'm uh, i'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on codename steam but i'm guessing that's what you had guessed i was going to give you that's what i had guessed yes um, there we go and yeah in a way it kind of got spoiled because we, we revealed how long the games were that we were gonna do yeah just to, for planning yeah. reasons yeah. And I was like, well, I bet Codename Steam is the length of time MBZ has given me, and then how yes. long to be had the exact time. So I was like, well, yep. <laughs> I kind of spoiled it, but oh well, it's oh, fine. Well. I knew fine. you were going to give me this game anyway. Um, okay. I, I, on the other hand, have no fucking idea what you're going to give me, so this will okay. be fun. Well, I am also going to give you a 3DS game. Oh. And that game is called in the uk i believe rhythm paradise megamix oh man okay um, so i think in america it's called rhythm heaven megamix uh, yes and this is a game that came out i think back in 2016 or 17 i think it was yeah, something like that 2016 and i don't know why i picked it up and you didn't and like we were both I, kind of covering different 3ds games i think yeah like i had i picked up something else and you decided to i think it was maybe phoenix Wright had come out when i was playing that and then you right. picked this up yeah. and stuff like that was happening but i absolutely love this game i actually do think this might be stronger than WarioWare, and that's insane because it's actually that good and in our sort of games of all time discussions it's very hard to push for this when you've not played it and that yeah. sort of thing so um yeah i i guarantee you will have a better time with this than okami so i think that's good yeah i so i have played a little bit of um this series before i've dabbled in the ds game in the oh, past really? um and something about the ds game it got really fucking hard uh there were certain levels that were just like was i can't touch screen there was some touchscreen okay. stuff in there um i can't remember like the full extent of it i think this game has no touchscreen pretty much which is good for a rhythm game interesting but i know this game pulls on certain mini games from across the series right so like it yeah. takes stuff from ds and from wii and from all these other versions yeah this is like warrior wear gold before warrior wear gold was a thing i, I believe exactly it's that kind yeah. of thing uh, i think there's also some new stuff in there but i really don't know because it's the only one i've played and hello nintendo this would be a really good series to bring to switch at some point either previous games or a new game just give us something please because it's great um yeah. But yeah, I can't remember who makes Rhythm Heaven. Paradise. I believe it is the same team as uh, as WarioWare, or I at least like so. adjacent in some senses. I thought Intelligent Systems made WarioWare. Yeah, I don't. know. It's a little bit blurry with um, who at this point in time with Nintendo. It's a lot harder, I think, to talk yeah. about which team works on what because they yeah. did change their structure up. Like it used to be split into the EPD teams, and now it's actually no, it's, it used to be ead and now it's epd which is the merging of the spd team and the mm. ead team to make one unified kind of software branch um so i don't really know uh the exact developer who makes rhythm heaven yeah. um but it's, it's internal nintendo right mm. so but also when time passes and teams change so substantially often like the culture within that developer could also change substantially and they move on to something yeah. very different or who knows but exactly yeah, so 
Unfortunately, you will have to buy this one. I'm not sure how much it is currently on the eShop. That's, this is a good time to buy 3DS games because they're only going up in price. I've I've been keeping an eye on certain 3DS games, Bally. Like I'm looking at stuff like um, Monster Hunter Stories on 3DS or Fantasy Hard copies on Amazon and that. Yeah, Fantasy Life. I'm like trying to like have a look and see which of these are um, are going to work out. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a, a, a tricky kind of thing eventually i got this digitally and it was kind of when nintendo were giving me like a little bit of digital rewards with something i think or something at the same time as like star fox zero is remembering me getting that and i picked up star fox guard as well yes all that year which i think was 2016 yeah 15 i believe so anyway, yeah a while ago but yeah rhythm paradise megamix very good um, that's the European name, of course, because Rhythm Heaven yes. Megamix in the US, because that's just the way this works. So used to, I think you used to be like beat the beat something back in the day as well. Anyway, it's gone through lots of changes. Um, cool. I will find that somehow. If I can't find a physical copy, I guess I'll just download it from the eShop. Um, but yeah, I looking forward to playing that game. And it's not that long compared, I think, to Codename Steam, so it'll probably be done a lot sooner than you will. But yeah, I mean, it's like it has a campaign and i think the campaign okay. took me like 12 to 15 hours oh wow that's um, quite meaty actually then yeah but then there's like loads of extra stuff you can do if you choose to do so and right. there are some crazy difficulty spikes but i do actually think okay they are fun um and it's so zany so warrior aware. some of the music is incredible and yeah cool awesome well, I didn't expect that, but here we go. We've, uh, we've got our games ready, and uh, it looks like we're just heading back into 3DS, Bally. It's a good time to do Not it, to. reflecting. Um, you know, Can't leave the 3DS behind. Still a great system. Still love it. Uh, fantastic. Well, uh, let's get into the show then, Bally. Uh, what are we talking about today? Uh, today, two-segment show. For the first segment, we're going to talk about the games that we've been playing. And for the second segment, it's our f- final finale of our celebration of 3D Mario. We're going to, of course, be talking about Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, people have been writing in with their thoughts, and we're going to have a good discussion about that game. Absolutely. Yeah, it will uh, be a good close on that collection. And then we'll well, let's look at the clock here. Two and a half months you've got to buy that if you haven't bought it yet. Oh, God. So, uh, so get going, everybody. Coming up on the 31st of March, uh, not that far away from now. Um, but yes, I, I've got, you've, I think we both have physical copies, right, of this game? Yes. So Nintendo can't just revoke it somehow digitally from our <laughs> Send accounts. someone around. Yeah, exactly. Send the Nintendo police and they'll just take it from your hands. Um, Miyamoto comes to my door. He's like, I'm going to take my copy back. Thank you very yeah, much. Exactly. We need to sell these in our Osaka theme park yeah um i don't know they've sold a lot of copies of this game though so i wonder if it even holds that much value when people put it up on ebay after the date do they change their policy at last minute and say hey it's gonna remain i don't it could be an about turn it sold so well we're gonna keep going i feel like they could we scared everyone and everyone bought it that was all part of our plan and now we're gonna keep selling it i don't know i honestly have no idea what their motivation behind any of this is it's a little bit lunatic but um you know who knows uh Anyway, let's get into video games, what we've been playing. Uh, I checked out the demo for Monster Hunter Rise on Switch, uh, which had a bit of a direct that went up. I didn't see the direct, but I know people watch that and uh, are getting excited for this game. And what I've heard people talk about Rise so far is it seems like 
visually aesthetically it looks very much in keeping with the 3ds games right so like everything from i guess even the older parts of the series from three on wii all the way through the wii u game all the way through four and uh, and generations and, and four ultimate and all that stuff on 3ds it art style wise is much more closer to that than it is to monster hunter world because world was a much bigger kind of deal it was on the big boy consoles and it was a bit of a shift in art style and 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 made it this series a bit more accessible to people and what i've heard from people is yes this looks like the 3ds games but it seems like it is being a bit more accessible in the same vein that world was and some of those ways they're doing that is making it so that the overworld isn't cut up into chunks and pieces and you load between areas it's a, it's a fully open space you explore now um you have a bit more movement options there's these things called wire bugs where you can kind of fire them like grappling hooks and you can i think you can use them to get onto enemies backs and like attack them and stuff like that though i haven't been able to successfully do that yet and um and yeah that type of thing so it 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 seems like it's doing a bit more streamlining of course i've not played a lot of monster hunter i've owned i think i've <laughs> i've played like three demos of monster hunter in my life that's the most uh i've gone into the series i was gonna say like this is you've only really tried demos before yeah only only three demos that's a lot of demos <laughs> yeah, no, i know but like that's the thing is like my entire interaction with this series is is via that medium and not via the actual games i guess the closest i've got to a monster hunter game is dauntless Mm. um and i really like dauntless a lot what it kind of does is it cuts out a bunch of the i wouldn't say extraneous bullshit of monster hunter but kind of in yeah in the sense that it's just like okay load into a hunt fight the thing then get materials from it and then just do another hunt like you just basically go to Hubwell to hunt and it's very easy to get to the monsters that the area is not that large and it's easy to like match up with people and everything it kind of works pretty seamlessly um, and it looks really nice and, and has good variety in, in its weapons and gameplay and stuff and i found dauntless really satisfying and enjoyable and the enemies had like clear patterns and, and things like that and i'm sure all that stuff is in monster hunter i've just never dug deep enough into it to get to that point with the series because here's the breakdown with it is like i jump into this demo fight the first thing which is like they usually have a beginner monster and an intermediate one and the beginner one was like okay i take i take double blades and i just like hit it a bunch and then it just dies after what 15 minutes of just hitting it a bunch 15 minutes yeah but that's the thing with monster hunter right is like you take it takes forever to fucking kill these things they have infinite hp bars like just go on forever and ever and it just takes a really long time i think part of it is you want to group up with people so that it goes faster or part of it is like they all go through all these patterns and go to different areas and you want to chase them down and hunt them down and then take them out like it takes a long time to kill these enemies um and and so that happens like so in one sense the easy monster is like i don't even have to think i'm just pressing the fucking uh, x button or the y button or whatever and just hitting it a bunch and then i'm like okay let's do the hard monster and i come across the giant fucking dragon and i'm like all right let's try this and about 10 seconds happened and i'm dead and i'm like okay uh <laughs> all right I, I clearly there's something missing here either i i should be doing this with other people or i'm, I'm missing a step or something is going on and did, did it not tell you like this is the strategy for this or it's all about working out yourself or... no m- look it's like dark souls monster hunter you're gonna have to go on youtube and, and ask people what does this weapon do how do i use it um what are the strategies like what what how do you play monster hunter capcom 
are not interested in telling you how to do that uh they will just let the community figure that out and and let people do tutorial videos that's just it's not really what the game is about even the tutorial which i did this morning just to get a feel for like oh, okay because most monster hunter demos i've done don't have that stuff they don't have a they usually are just like fight this monster fight this monster off you go tell you nothing about it just figure it out as you go along this one at least uh tells you what items do um you can pick up these different things in the overworld and they're like okay this will refill this part of your energy meter this will give you a a temporary buff all those different things get explained to you um but then they don't talk about fighting with the weapons at all and that's kind of the thing i think i need to learn uh of how any of these weapons work what is the weapon that you want to go with most people just kind of lock into a weapon and that that's their weapon they'll just play that entire weapon the entire time um and every weapon is very different it's kind of it's like overwatch in a sense of like i'm going to play hanzo and i'm just going to learn him and that's all i know and then you switch over to mccree and you're like what is this i don't understand this right there is a certain level of mastery i think with monster hunter weapons that people lock into and they choose their favorite and that's what they use for every monster hunter game um so it's really interesting in that sense but um it doesn't help you it just doesn't doesn't give you any tips or pointers in that way and and it's one of those big barriers to entry i find with the series is like you really just have to go out there and figure it out yourself to be honest with dauntless i did this as well i went on youtube and found some videos of like okay but how do i what's the best way to interrupt this enemy to like knock them out of their stance and get them to the ground so we can do a bunch of damage to them um and there's some really cool stuff in there with like really small timing windows that you have to be really precise with and i'm sure monster hunter is the same again but i haven't dug deep enough into it and i think what i'm ultimately saying is is as much as the series has probably changed a lot and has added stuff i still feel super intimidated by it right like Mm -hmm. i still download this demo i still play through it what i will say it's gorgeous it looks really nice on switch has um very crisp look to it it runs at 30 but it's a very smooth 30 and looks fantastic on handheld as well uh it takes the monster hunter 3ds style and just up it a bunch basically um just a very it, it shows to me similar to what platinum did with astral chain is like if you have a third-party publisher who are making a game designed specifically for the hardware they can just get so much more out of it you know when you compare it to stuff like bloodstain which is a 2d side scroller that barely fucking functions you know um and frame rate is abysmal this tells you like when you're building for other platforms and then you do the switch as an afterthought it'll always turn out worse versus with this game where they are definitely building for switch first and foremost i believe rise is actually coming out on pc as well which is interesting because none of those 3ds games came out on pc but i think after world capcom are like look let's just put all these out on on these other systems um but yeah for, i think there was a stat recently that um 87 of the console market last year in japan was switch uh, ownership so there, there are some insane numbers about switch it is yes crazy but yeah yeah but th- when you think about that in particular and how monster hunter is such a japanese franchise and that's where it sells really well it would be very stupid of capcom to just do world and just go for those bigger consoles versus mm-hmm. ignoring switch and not giving switch a monster hunter game it yeah. makes way too much sense to give them one uh, and so that's kind of what's happening here um so yeah it's gorgeous it, it it definitely is gonna appease those fans i just question once more is is it just that monster hunter is something i need to dive in and just bite the bullet and go for it, it was much easier with dauntless because dauntless is a free-to-play game so i was like okay i'll yeah. just download it and play it um, is, is this the one that's going to push you over the edge or would you rather just play world on game pass and not have the commitment what, or? bali what will push me over the edge is if you commit to it as well all if right we both we commit can do it to at it, some point 
yeah, if we both commit to it and we both say, okay, we're going to co-op these missions together. We're going to learn how to play this game. We're going to get into it. And there's actual multiplayer online co-op. Yes, there okay. is. Yeah. So I you mean, can, we could either can... try this one or we could try World. I'm not overly fast either one i think this one would be quite cool because it's going to be the new one everyone's going to be playing it there's going to be a lot more relevant guides out there but also i think our community will be playing it and i know there's monster hunter fans in our discord who would probably be down to help us out and and play with make a little thread to help help yes totally so so i think you know this is ticking all the boxes um the the problem for me is I'm fucking terrified of Monster Hunter, so I need I need a friend to help me. Uh, that was that's my proposal, Monster Hunter. Okay. But, yeah. Do we know when it's coming out? It's coming out in March. March. Um, so okay. I, the release window for Nintendo stuff is not that big at the moment. So no. maybe this is the one ballot where we just dive in uh, head first and see if we can figure it out. Um, okay. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yes, uh, other than that, I, I've been playing uh, not that much else um, because I've just been playing Judgment. Judgment has just taken over my fucking life. That game's great. Um, but I'll talk about that on the Nintendo show at some point. Um, Bali, Ooh. what have you been playing? I have been playing Katana Zero uh, on Xbox Game Pass, but obviously this game is available on Switch as well. And Switch version is very good. That's the one I played when it came out. And weirdly, this game isn't on PS4, which I found out, which is oh, really? very okay. strange. Um, I believe it released initially on Switch and PC and then came to other platforms mm, afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Suddenly dropping that indie ball. Don't know what's yeah. going on. Um, but yeah, Katana Zero, for those who don't know, is like a kind of ape out, hotline Miami, uh, super hot kind of style game. in One hit kill, basically. Yeah. Hit, get running, get killing don't get killed yourself um and yeah insta kill as in you die a lot and i definitely did die a ton in this game um but it's in a 2d setting gorgeous pixel art uh you're a ninja in a bar you're i guess you're a samurai samurai master walking around like a neo-noir cyberpunk world yeah you just stand out very visually from everything else in that world awesome world um and really cool little story that gets going um the story kind of starts off it's a bit like you you do a mission you sleep you talk to like some people and then you do another mission it's almost like the stardew valley repetitive sleep wake up do your job kind of thing right um and but then it goes from i'm playing stardew valley being an assassin to okay now the story kind of opens up and lots of threads kind of i want want that game now by the way stardew valley but an assassin where you like at night time you just kill off the villagers i mean the first few hours of this game really do feel like that and i was really enjoying (laughs) it just like doing my jobs doing getting progressing these things um and then the story kind of goes off the deep end a bit i think and kind of like opens up all this stuff well yeah because basically you keep cutting to these points which are quote-unquote your dreams i guess where you're in this chair and this guy is injecting you with something or you're a therapy you're having a therapy session basically yeah um, is what's going on so you thought those were dreams yeah i thought those were just i can't i couldn't remember it's been a while since i played it but there's other parts that happen in your dreams but i believe the therapy guy who injects you with the thing is actually happening in the morning like it's right okay um yeah but all, all that becomes clear and yeah i I think put the story completely to the side i still think this is a fantastic game like i think mechanically even though it's pixel art it's just so mechanically sound it's unbelievable and so you you have the ability to uh you can slash you can jump there's like a wall jump you can 
dodge roll, roll. Dodge roll. Yeah. you can deflect bullets back at people um and that's pretty much it but the thing that streamlines it all together is the this jedi spidey sensibility to slow down time um which is on a meter so that you have a, a window of time to act while you're in this slow-mo time but while you're in slow-mo like you can visualize attacks more easily you can visualize the bullets coming at you and deflect them you can roll through people attack them from behind and you're you're streamlining all these things together in a really impressive smooth way before you then essentially release the button again and you get into cover let it charge up and then and keep going and you're trying to kill because it is one hit kill you are you are very vulnerable in this game you've got to be really careful um and yeah it's just such an impressive and satisfying mechanic like i actually think mechanically it's more satisfying even than like ape out and then i mean okay super hot vr is kind of hard to compare anything to because that right because you're like literally i was ducking under a yeah. table at one point playing yes. that I'm like this is ridiculous man. shooting is guns in vr generally feels ridiculous but with the added slow-mo things that v- uh, super hot does that's kind of like a separate thing yeah, it's almost or, unfair to yeah it's almost it, unfair you know? to compare it but of the this is best of the rest like this is the best uh game in that genre like i've kind of played i think it's just mechanically so good i would probably agree yeah i i really love it it's um that it definitely has that learn the space type of feel of you're gonna attack this room maybe 12 times and you by the end you will have like this perfect playthrough where you will know where everyone is coming from you will know exactly what to do and it also has the super meat boy-esque like rewind system or like it will show you security cam footage of you going through the room after you've cleared it out so you can always Um, see a successful run right which doesn't show any of the slow down time so if you did anything cool in slow down time it will show it in real time so you deflecting bullets and all that stuff happens in real time with that yeah it's all it's all just really impressively like put together and it's like a four-hour campaign it's a very focused campaign like i like that the game the game doesn't get so carried away with its own mechanics that it's like, we're going to make a six, eight, ten hour thing. It, I yes. think it's really impressive that they've made such a mechanically sound game, but still keep it so tight in terms of length, like four to five hours long. Like, and I think, even within that length, it has a load of variety. Like yeah. there's this entire motorcycle chase sequence and each of the boss fights feels really different um and and they're all just unique places you're going to like visually so much spectacle happens that it's it's not just going from room to room although that is probably the bulk of the game of in uh, you know entering these spaces and, mm. and things like that but you know you also have like dialogue choices i remember there's the receptionist you talk to about anime or something um yeah. and uh and then depending on your uh dialogue choices later on either she'll side with you or she won't and i remember watching that in the giant bomb quick look and like them doing it two different ways and and how that turned out uh yeah for for what this is as a you know i think those other games stuff like hotline of miami and ape out really are one note they're like you're just going to do the same mm. thing but this having the the narrative and having all the variety makes it stand out for me yeah those games. I, I completely agree it's incredibly impressive and like even those individual campaign missions they never really feel overly long like there are some real difficulty spikes but i generally think difficulty spikes are pretty fair more or less like they they do get progressively difficult one after the other it's not like there's a huge spike and then it gets easy again necessarily like i think it does ramp up a bit at the end but as long as you've been progressively like working out how to defeat these enemies and clear these rooms like i think it's a really good progression actually um 
honestly, my biggest hang up with the game is that I think the plot is so cool and it opens so many threads. I think it just does a bad job of wrapping up enough threads to be necessarily satisfied in the sense right. that... It, it feels like it ends prematurely. It feels like there should be another couple of hours of the game to just finish it off or close things yeah, out. Yeah, and, uh, and like I think they might have said there is a sequel coming. I know that there's like... So I think the developers talked about some DLC that is happening at the moment mm. and I don't know if that's just wrapping up this story or something. I but... read that the DLC doesn't directly link to the end of game okay points which is interesting so i think in that sense they probably are going to go for like a sequel at some point but i mean i would love a full sequel the thing yeah. is this game has been in development forever i remember watching <laughs> a kind of funny gdc thing back in 2015 uh and this game came out i believe 2018 was it or maybe 2019 honestly 19 but i could be wrong might have been 2019 um and yeah, that's a lo- it had taken a long time. That's like four years yeah. minimum for it to come yeah. out. So it's going to be a while for this to come out. Yeah. A new one. So definitely some sort of loose ends to resolve. But the stuff it does give you good, meaningful plot points, beats at the end are very impressive and very satisfying. And like, I was very impressed by like just the world building and this crazy, like, as you say, like kind of cyberpunk futuristic yet Japanese samurai setting is really cool stuff like and kind of it's kind of like got that kind of gangster yakuza kind of feel to a lot of the places that you're going and things that you're doing and it's a very gory game but in a very nice pixel art way is quite impressive as well like it, it's it's cool i i you were very hot in this game mbz and mm-hmm. I, I had high hopes and like it's definitely met those expectations and Great. yeah if you got switch or game pass or anything to play this on definitely give it a go it's very very impressive yeah um i um it's probably one of the most visually appealing pixel art games i've ever played in my life like every like little minute detail the the way they're able to convey emotion and just like little touches is so so well done yeah so it's, it's, this is so much more than just a really good action game but as i said if totally, this was yeah. only action in some bland art style it would still be a great game like actually right. like that's what's so incredible about this and that's what as we've said makes it stand apart from the likes of like eight pack for example which yeah it's good it's fun i love that game a lot uh but it's quite one note and this game is substantially harder than Apeout, but in all the right ways. Totally. Fantastic. Cool. Um, yeah, and then the other thing that we want to talk about a little bit is uh, a game we've been playing, uh, we've had a few sessions of, is Killer Queen Black, um, which came out, I want to say, a year ago on Switch, maybe. Um, this game is a port, essentially, of an arcade cabinet game that has been around for a few years. And I always heard people talk about it, of, like, there's this crazy, chaotic multiplayer thing where you have ten players, and it's, like, this dual-screen machine in an arcade where five people are on one side and five people are on another side. Um, and I never really understood what it was, because when people try to explain it, it makes no fucking sense. <laughs> and so it might be hard for us to explain it now as well. But it went on sale at the end of last year, and I encouraged a bunch of people in the Discord to pick it up, because it was literally like one pound yeah it was ridiculously cheap so on the switch eShop, and it's um, also on game pass now i believe it is and i believe it's cross play so mm. you know if you have it on other platforms you can cross play with switch and with other uh places to play it and and so i was like okay let's everyone just as many people as possible pick this up and because the idea is you want a full eight players to play this game because mm-hmm. that's kind of how it works at its best uh and and so that's what happened and then it was a little bit of a while and then last year we played it in a session with five people and then earlier a couple of weeks ago we played it with a full eight people uh and 
this is one of the best multiplayer games i've ever played i absolutely love killer queen black and it is so it's just this kind of tension between all these different things you have to do and your your um kind of focus is pulled in one direction which means you're gonna be leaving something else out of Mm. your focus which means your teammates have to focus on it because there's three different ways to win the game right so let's kind of give a breakdown of what killer queen black is and how it works you basically play as two different teams of on on the switch version it's four players i believe the arcade is five so they paired it down i think for the switch for either screen real estate reasons or some other reason probably online reasons um it's four players versus four players one person on each team plays the queen and the queen is um a character who can kill other enemies with like the lance or sword that she has um but she only has three lives so if the queen dies three times then your team loses but obviously the queen has the ability to attack where the other um characters don't the other characters are workers and workers can do anything from pick up berries to uh take back to your home base and if you get all the berries in your home base you can win or the workers can ride on the snail at the bottom of the screen and if the snail gets to one side then you win or the workers can take those berries to gates and go inside those gates and then get armored up so that they can attack as well so the the game is just this chaos of trying to figure out what is the best way for your team to win what is the most efficient way and what is the way you can get away with the most without people realizing um and it's just so much fun um you are constantly just jumping between okay i need to make sure if you're playing as the queen make sure all the gates are changed to my team's color so that my workers can go in them and use them versus oh no someone's on the snail i need to take them out before they uh, you know get to the finish line and then someone else in the background could be just quickly getting berries into their base and throwing them in the holes um and all of this i'm sure to everyone who has not played this game sounds like complete and utter fucking nonsense but let me tell you after playing it for i think like four hours total now that we, we've played it for uh it's a dream i i am in love with killer queen black and i just want to play it more honestly i think what's so clever about it is it has all the joys of asymmetrical gameplay like a nintendo land or something like luigi's that, that, that luigi's mansion game or the yes. chasing the toads it's asymmetrical asymmetrical gameplay done symmetrically where you are actually you're getting all the joy of oh my god i'm i'm the queen and i can dominate all these characters but oh wait they've also got a queen and they can do the same back to us and very different gameplay styles between playing as the queen or a worker and there's a lot of pressure when you're playing as that queen and in particular it's very easy to die three times as the queen and that obviously means you've lost it for your team so there's a lot of pressure i think when you're playing as the queen yeah. to make sure that especially in those moments where like the snail is right by the goal and then the queen dies instead of the snail because you know you've got to go to that goal and try and, and kill them and if they kill you yeah. in your attempt to stop them then that's life because they were about to win anyway so it's that, yeah. that when to know to push as the queen when to know to like armor up and defend your own queen when to know to push the snail push the berries as a worker you know like it's such a fine balance that i think it it actually is too simple to be like oh if you're really bad with the queen you will lose because i think you could ultimately argue well maybe the workers should have protected their queen more or maybe they should have pursued the snail or maybe you know like there there's it is really initially i thought my god the killer queen has so much more power and control over the entire match but i think as we've played more i've realized if you have workers who know what to do at the right time, it can it's it's more valuable than the Killer Queen itself in that sense. So like totally, and it requires some sort of level of teamwork or understanding with each other in terms of 
your queen could be just on her own versus the three workers are just focusing on the economic victory which is taking berries back to your base if all three workers are just focusing on economic victory and they're not doing it fast enough the other team can just get their workers geared up and turned into warriors and then you have four fucking warriors versus one queen and that puts you in a really tricky situation right Um, and and so you have to really balance those ideas of one worker should be someone either a, a laser blaster or a guy with a kind of rotating ball around him that's really good for killing the queen um, or even a sword person Um, and I think that is a pretty good balance generally is like having one worker who's attacking alongside the queen and then two other workers who are either riding the snail or helping with economic victory yeah always having one worker because I think a victory we saw a couple of times was um essentially we i would joke that it would be the praetorian guard so this is when everyone uh-huh. arms up and defends their queen and then that yeah. group of the que- queen with her guards would just go to the snail with a single worker and protect the one worker riding the yeah. snail to the end and that's a really great strategy for both going for the snail victory but also killing the queen victory because there's so many armored up units that if the queen decides to try and attack that snail like they're they're in for a world of hurt because they're gonna have to get past all these guards who are defending the snail so like there's just so many cool strategies because like that strategy i just said i guess the best one way to defend against that is to get all your workers to suddenly go for the economic victory. You don't necessarily have to take yeah, them on in that Or sense. even using one worker to sacrifice themselves because you can throw yourself at the snail and the snail will take time to eat you. And yeah. so it will really slow down their snail progress by just basically sacrificing your worker to be like because the workers have infinite lives versus the queen who only has three lives so yeah. worker lives are very expendable and you can i guess some fucking like capitalism metaphors in this yeah. game even uh but th- that's the idea basically I mean, is I mean, that you can kind of stop uh, certain things happening in lots of different ways we should say this is all taking place in like a 2d setting this is 2d platforming in, in yes. that sense and like the top of the screen links to the bottom of the screen and the right of the screen links to the left so you can just slide through the screen for example yeah it's, it all takes place on a single screen and you can yeah you can certain maps will allow you to drop from the bottom to the top um and certain maps will have like the one that we kept getting messed up on was the one where it's just a straight line where the snail is and bali's team at one point had like two people with guns just shooting from one <laughs> side to the other as someone else just tried on my team to get on the snail to get to the end and it was oh it was a lot of fun oh, uh that, yeah. that map was uh very very intense but um but yeah lots of variety in the way things are set up it like some maps are much easier to get an economic victory on because there's less slots to to put into um and and some it's just easier to go for the attacking strategy um it's it's all it feels like such a chaotic mess and yet supremely balanced at the yes. same time you know yeah um it, it never feels like you're out of reach of a victory because of something to do with the balance of the game it's always your own team strategy that has you know yeah. fallen you i would say the the majority of victories would be uh killing the queen victories yeah but at the same time I think we're not very good at protecting the queen when she needs protected necessarily and that sort of thing. Yeah, and then people I think are a bit more just, you know, uh, gung-ho when it comes to that stuff of just like, just dive in and attack. Um, yeah. Versus there's probably more strategic... Like, I would love to watch competitive killer queen, honestly. Like, I think it would be fascinating to see how people play this game yeah. at a high level. I would um, imagine that they're very regimented and strict about going from one task to another. And what I mean by that is they might be like 
right, our queen is on one life left. Now it's we must armor up immediately and defend yes. her or, you know, that sort of thing. And being able yeah. to do it in a, in a split second. Yeah, and then um, that also brings into mind of like, because the queen can change the color of the gates, you have to make sure your queen is changing your gates in order for you to be armored up in the first place, right? Because that can really shift the balance of things. Is If one team has taken all the gate colors, then the other team, if they just have workers, can't really do anything until their queen goes and, and flips it. So it's this there's so many things to think about when you're either the worker or the queen there's multiple just kind of fronts that you have to be fighting totally fires to put out so my god is it fun though it's like it's so good it, oh my like, goodness when i think of my favorite multiplayer experiences i think of obviously super smash brothers i really think of like nintendo land when you've had five players properly playing some asymmetrical yes. gameplay especially in luigi's mansion and mario chase um i think of a good Mario Kart session is up there, maybe mm-hmm. Splatoon, but uh, maybe like a game like Overwatch as well. But this is like easily there and potentially beyond. Like it's it is yeah. so fun. And as you say, having eight players, four versus four, when we're all just chatting together was just an absolute blast. Like it is so yeah. much fun. What I will say is that we are fortunate in that we have a community that we can call on and be like, hey, we need people to play this eight-player game. Uh, Most people don't have that. And what I will say is that if you're just looking for random matches, especially on Switch at the moment, maybe this is across all platforms because it is cross-platform, you're going to run into some real barriers in terms of just searching for a game. It's like with Nidhogg 2 on Switch of like, I love that game, but like I'm not going to find multiplayer sessions of Nidhogg 2. If I want to play it, I'm going to have to hit up Bally and be like, let's play it. Mm. You know, um, you really do have to get a group of people together to do it, but it is so worth it to do eight players because yeah. it just it's really satisfying and fun and just so many crazy things can happen you know like would also say that although it's got cross-platform and that sort of thing the matchmaking is not good in the sense that it's you can't just jump on with five people and fill the remaining slots very easily like in a private match yeah in a private match so like you either kind of go in as being you either almost play single player and get randomly put somewhere or you go in with eight people and it's very hard to go in with five or six people for example and try and fill those remaining slots yeah so we we when we played with five people we had to like spoof the online basically because no one else was playing at the time we just jumped in and this might have been before game pass as well so maybe that's i think changed. it was i don't know maybe yeah maybe it has um but yeah we jumped in and we we got into a a match with all of us but then the rest of the slots were filled by bots but then sometimes a real player would jump in and some of those real players we played with as queen were fucking terrifying (laughs) because one of the other things you can do like the movement with the queen i think is probably the thing i'm most interested in at a high level play Mm -hmm. because there was one guy who was basically like a fucking ballerina just like dancing like the queen around the stage using the dive and this and the dash in like perfect harmony to just yeah eviscerate everybody. i should say the it queen was... the queen has two moves that dive attack down vertical which is like you know a pogo stick it's like a toon link or links down right uh, down a and a side dash side slash attack and basically even when the workers armor up they are never given that powerful dive attack it's only the side slash attack they ever get so the queen is always more um flexible in terms of the speed with which she can move around the stage and attack more so than even the armored up workers so yes yeah with high level play they have a huge advantage yes Uh, so we got destroyed by one of those players but uh 
for the most part yeah it's um it's phenomenal i would love to play the arcade version of this at some point when people can go outside and, and things like that um do you uh, think one of uh, these arcades exists in scotland oh boy i that probably one somewhere one in glasgow maybe. <laughs> yeah you probably have to google really hard to find a killer queen machine somewhere in scotland i i would imagine but there should be a few I, in london maybe yeah I would, i'd love to find one and, and play that because that seems uh very very enjoyable um but you know the switch version is great i think you can do it locally as well so if you get eight people in a space together doing it just in one uh kind of setting that also works really well again you need a lot of people to do that so it's probably easier for some people uh, more so than others but um yeah i would highly recommend playing killer queen black and if you've heard this and this sounds interesting to you and you want to pick it up or play it on game pass head over to our discord because i'm sure we'll be doing some more um some more yeah. killer queen black We've got a little online games thread in there that you can jump in and if you want to yeah. play anything else you can ask to play that as well i guess <laughs> yeah absolutely um great well that is going to close us out for the first part of the show don't go anywhere because we'll be back after the break talking about super mario galaxy see you in a bit everyone welcome back to the second part of the show it's time to close things out it's time for the end the grand finale uh, of our big mario celebration it's time to talk about super mario a galaxy as mario says at the end hello new galaxy i think that's his <laughs> phrase the, the shine get of this game <laughs> yeah totally there's some weird there's a lot of story in this game as well um oh my god yeah i that, spent like the end of the game just scrolling through that book just like falling asleep i guess it's meant to be like a... did you actually i was i was gonna wonder yeah i was wondering if we should talk about the book and rosalina's story time and stuff like that because i never and even when back when i was younger never engaged with that at all uh basically never went into that room um it's uh it's some weird stuff but apparently it's kind of decent writing and i, I think koizumi was responsible for some of that stuff yeah it's it's cute i mean i purely went there at the end of the game as i thought it was a way of unlocking the purple coin missions but it's not you have to go oh. and face bowser so right yes. i just but I, I mean I, I meant i saw it and then i had to scroll through something like eight chapters at once or something and it's just it, it, I mean, I just wasn't in the mood to read, like, this children's storybook for that long. So, yeah, totally. I think it probably is very good. It's just I wasn't in the mood. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that doesn't really make sense in a Mario game because, you know, when you're playing Mario, you're running around, you're jumping. 
if you're gonna do story in a mario game you've got to include it in the gameplay somehow right you've got to make narrative gameplay and they don't really care about doing that kind of thing um which is why they're like hey hey just go go and just in a room and read a book i guess that's how we're gonna deliver some sort of backstory to this character um which i've heard people say that they really like it and it's good but i never been something i'm interested in um so mario galaxy uh one of the for, i think it's the first 3d mario i played when it came out um i guess you did that with sunshine but you mm-hmm. know i i didn't own a gamecube at that actually I, I probably did own a gamecube at that time you did play you did play a ds when that came out with ds launch that's true 64 we played the ds launch but that was the launch of the ds versus the mm-hmm. n64 so uh, mario galaxy really for both of us the true first time that we both played a mario game at the same time when it came out uh, and uh, and what, what were your memories, Valley, of the time when the Mario Galaxy was first coming out, um, when it was announced and everything surrounding it? How how did you feel as a young child? I mean, I was very excited. Uh, I think one of my most nostalgic memories of just like E3 and the Wii launch was like watching all of the footage of Mario Galaxy and watching yeah. the same few, like maybe 20 different journalists on like janky ass GameSpot videos playing the same level just i wanted to see everyone play that stupid level again and again like that's how fixated i was on this game and then the game itself was like it came at a time when i was playing very dip in dip out games like driving games mario karts uh, wave race games that you could just sit down and play a bit and no commitment you know and pokemon stadium Everyone's pokemon favorite. stadium pokemon snap like all these games that just don't require they're not necessarily campaign driven so mario galaxy yeah. was like one of the first games that i ever sat down and did everything in in a sort of campaign style kind of game uh and i think in that sense it's just very clear in my memory like a lot of that and watching you play the let's play and that sort of thing like mario galaxy mm-hmm. has remained fresh in my mind even though i've only got 120 stars twice i mean that's pretty significant <laughs> yeah compared yeah. to most people um yeah i so i specifically remember there was this like weird app thing that i downloaded to my laptop around that e3 um when the wii was first revealed and you know mario galaxy had some footage and stuff like that and i got a bunch of videos from there and i remember just similar to you just watching just being in awe of like how is this possible like he's walking upside down on a thing and i was just my jaw was just dropping constantly. I was like, how How do you make a game like that where you just walk upside down? It was just bonkers to me. And then you're like going across the side of these planets. It was, it was insane. Uh, but I, so when the game came out, uh, the first thing I recall is calling you, Ali T was at your house. You and Ali T were at your house. And for mm-hmm. some reason, you, I, I had a phone call with you because we did, we, you know, bef- this is before Skype, before fucking MSN yeah, or whatever. Phone calls, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we had a phone call. And so I, I was talking with you guys, and then, like, Ali T left. And Ali T and you had concocted this thing, probably driven by him, to not tell me that you had Mario Galaxy. <laughs> um so, and so crazy shit, and so man. you were just being like little dicks basically <laughs> but then you you because you were like oh i'm actually i'm your friend i'm actually going to tell you so then and when ali t went away you secretly told me that you did have mario galaxy because you didn't want to be me. for life exactly yeah 
so so that's why i remember and i remember just being so fucking jealous i just remember being the most jealous person on the planet because uh, i didn't have it yet uh so so yes that was one of the, my clearest memories surrounding mario galaxy is you and ali t pretending that you don't have mario galaxy uh when you actually yeah. did um but i think i got it soon after that i imagine i would have got it for christmas it's just you pro- probably got it right when it came yeah. out just before did ali t get it i think eventually when he had his wii yeah maybe he did i can't remember if you lent it to him or if he just bought his own copy yeah he I, must... I can i just have no memory of ali t ever playing a mario game yeah mind. i think he did play galaxy i think he did um okay. so all of us at the time were into mario galaxy um and and yeah i remember playing through the whole thing uh at the time i didn't go for the 120 that was i think a few years later it was around the time when galaxy 2 was about to come out when you had gone back to it and you had gone and got the 120 in it and i was like well i can't have bali do the 120 (laughs) and me not do it so so that's when i did it Uh, and then soon after that i started my let's play channel and i decided well after you beat mario galaxy you unlock luigi or at least if you do all the stars i think you unlock luigi uh and i was like well i'm just gonna do super luigi galaxy and i start the super luigi galaxy playthrough and not like five days after i start it chugger conroy <laughs> starts super luigi galaxy and i remember being like wow okay i guess the biggest person on youtube is doing this so i'm not really gonna get much traction with my <laughs> let's play because i was like oh this is gonna be really unique it's gonna be super luigi galaxy and then he does the exact same thing and calls it super luigi galaxy um but i, I want history to know that i did it before chugger conroy did all right like i was i was ahead of the yeah, curve yeah, sorry. you know i was on the, i was on the train um and i think uh, i don't i never really talked about this but i think the process of let's playing mario galaxy 120 stars made me dislike the game more than i think it deserves um and i, and I think it in my mind like streaming gives sunshine a bump and let's play and galaxy gives it a bit of a yeah yeah it's it's one of those different things when streaming is so different because there's no editing involved there's no like yeah. pr- time pressure of um uh, it, you, you just kind of play the game and what happens happens versus when you're putting out episode after episode you want to make progress in each one and you want to make sure you're not failing constantly and so dying on fucking battle rock galaxy or whatever doing the purple coins going underneath the thing hitting getting hit by cannons as you're trying to get all of them uh that is a royal fucking pain in the ass uh, and i remember that star specifically just being almost a breaking point for me and just i'm going insane trying to do this um and it's weird because i have played this game twice before this current playthrough and yet my memories of it are less clear than my memories of the other two games in terms of levels and maybe that's because i've just watched more of the other two games over the years many levels as well yeah and they're all very different um and and yeah it's just it's been a long time um since i've really thought about it that much um and so I would say that coming into this uh, and having played it through now again, uh, you know, back when we were doing our top 50 games list and we we're talking through all these games and stuff, I always do think that Mario Galaxy 2 is the superior game. And obviously we have we don't have the chance to replay that at the moment unless we want to get our Wii's out and do that nonsense. Um, hopefully they will put it on the Switch at some point in time. But I, I always hold up Mario Galaxy as a masterpiece of a game. Um, and coming back to it, it's still an amazing game right it's still fantastic 
I no longer think it's a masterpiece of a game. And I think part of it is like the, you don't have the impact of the time of just everything being so fresh and new. Um, part of it is there is a lot more motion control and mandatory motion control in this game than I remembered. Um, and some of the level design, when I think about it and I compare it to some of the Mario 64 stuff, I'm like, wait a second they're just doing the same thing here to get a star and in fact some of these stars are just there's three stars per world mostly for the for the major ones and one of them is like follow this shark's rings just go around in a circle and i'm like that's literally what you did in mario 64 we've not evolved (laughs) at all here and so there are some stars when i was going through i was like wait a second this game is not as innovative as i maybe once thought it was there's a lot of just get to the top of the mountain get to the top of the the level you know right the star at the top totally yeah um so so yeah i i still think mario galaxy fantastic game overall still the best of these three um but i don't think i hold it in the same deep reverence as i did a decade ago you know um so so yeah uh bali what were your overall thoughts coming back to mario galaxy you of course um so this time i've i've done 120 twice now i've done 242 which is once you do 120 with mario and 120 with luigi you then unlock the super secret final star which is basically just a victory lap where you go back to the plaza the festival plaza and you collect uh, purple coins in the festival plaza ah, right. and yeah. so you can do that for mario and you can do that for luigi getting one extra star for both of them so 242 total yeah no i, I got 120 this time um i guess i would have had to fight bowser again to get luigi i don't know i just sort of stopped i can't remember because i do remember in my playthrough my let's play fighting him and then doing the rest and then fighting him again at the end that would make sense because i nothing really happens when you get 120 as it were you sort of have those three final stars right that are all based on motion controls and then that's that and i just sort of paused the game got the 120 screen and then gave gave in um yeah, yeah my, my overall thoughts were like while this game is still spectacular in two ways mainly the the going upside down the galaxy the space look like there's very impressive lighting and vistas and this kind of thing that's just like pretty jaw-dropping and they i think they really pushed though that that a lot earlier on like the good egg galaxy that that sort of thing um and the other thing is like i really do like the the music i think that the classical orchestra style is something that works really well for this game and as much as i love 3d world going into the jazz and i think odyssey is a lot more jazzy as well and i think those work for those games uh in the same way i do actually think the classical orchestral style works well for this game and it was famously like nintendo's first orchestrated game right yeah it was like a big deal at the time um those are the two things that really stuck with me in terms of positives going back um in terms of things that were less good it's it's showing its age where it's clearly that point between uh super mario sunshine and mario odyssey in terms of like this is this is the you know the third 3d mario in that sense it felt like trying to compare the movement to i think odyssey or um sunshine is very hard like it's a very different movement style i think it's more comparable to like 64 and i think that I said before I think he feels doughy and I kind of <laughs> I kind of stand by that a bit where I do think he's very slow uh the the spin jump is slow but gives you a lot of flexibility um it's just a very slow game generally and I think yes. that um 
I, I definitely, and I said this at the time during Sunshine, I way prefer the speediness and snappiness of Sunshine. And I think they perfected that with Odyssey. And I just think movement-wise, Odyssey is just um, leagues ahead in, in many ways of that, that like finesse that you want when you're 3D platforming. Uh, but But that aside, it just kind of, I thought that stuff would stick like age better than it has done and i'd be really interested to play galaxy 2 again because i played that game around 2013 14 um so it's even been some time since i've played that game so i I am interested to see because i am i do stand by i do think odyssey is the best of the bunch and i think this definitely cemented in my mind that i'm probably right in thinking that with my own personal preferences um i think that the motion, motion control stuff worked fine i think it, as we said before i think it's snappier and works better with a wemo and it worked better at the time i do think with the joy cons it's not quite as snappy but it, it's feasible it works okay it's, uh, it's quick enough to just tap the r button to recenter yourself but i did have to do it a lot like yeah. constantly almost resetting it yeah and and, and i think what the maybe the best aspect of the game is the way that it is taking this idea of the floodless levels in sunshine where you're you're taken out of the main level into like a side level and galaxy just says okay but why don't we rather than have a main level and a side level let's take lots of side levels put them together in the same sandbox and then we'll just have these stars that ping you around the different aspects of them and even between between levels between getting different stars um they they utilize different areas of those same worlds in a very creative way where it's just yeah. saying this is actually two different levels but you're just going to play in this half of the level for this star and this half of the level for the other star it's just a really more efficient use of hey we created all these ideas how do we how do we have the player enjoy these things in a way where they're not constantly sitting through loading screens so that that's totally. where the the yeah. point to point I keep saying stars for the things that the jump stars. I think they're called. I can't remember what they're yeah, called. Yeah, where you, you either you spin you in them, spin and, and it's a star that pings off. you to another area. And yeah, sometimes just, you get some star bits like surrounding you that right. you collect as you go. Yeah, I think they are just a fantastic way of preventing loading screens while essentially just flying around collecting star bits or whatever. It's just a really clever way of saying here are some different ideas we've got that are maybe not long enough for standalone levels of in the in and of themselves, but are still exciting and worth including so therefore we're going to yes. stick this here stick that there and it's just a very smooth transition where you feel like 64 and sunshine it was more efficient for them to build one big world that you would keep coming back to and i'm talking about like the main levels and that was maybe the case more so with sunshine even though they do kind of have those branching off um floodless levels it's just like taking that idea and going to the next level which i think is probably the best thing about this game honestly totally um it's 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 clever stuff and in in, to some degree it feels less cohesive as a result of that jumping between uh, areas right like your one level will just go from some upside down side-scrolling platforming thing to a um rotating around a planet trying to catch the goombas type of thing to something else and and it doesn't feel like there is this necessary like uh, idea um kind of they, it doesn't really come together in the same way as Sunshine and 6040, yeah. right? Because I think I think that varies drastically based on the stage. You're right. Some stages, it's like, what? I can't even like. There's no sense of what this 
level is about or anything yeah. like it's very like, so one of one of the weird. particular ones i remember is there's a hidden star which you feed the luma you feed the lumas sometimes in the levels in order to get them to open up an extra bonus star that's um with a it. lot of like standalone single star galaxies yeah yeah those exist as well um but the i, I mean the lumas inside oh, the levels yeah um so the ones you feed 30 star bits to there's one where you feed it star bits and it just sends you off to a giant wooden yoshi head yeah and you just kill all the goombas on it and that your that yoshi head just looks amazing i took so many screenshots of it because i'm like holy <laughs> shit one thing i do want to point out is how fucking crisp and sharp this game looks in 1080p it is amazing and i know you have a 4k tv ballet so i don't know if the upscaling as works or downscaling works quite as well but on my monitor playing galaxy honestly feels like a brand new game it is so good looking that art has held up incredibly well it shows just how good it was at the time and it was just the fact that we had lower resolution and we couldn't have it uh, at a higher kind of look back then yeah. but all that art just scales so so well there's a moment with giant apples I, it was one of my favorite moments in the game where these worms are going from apple to apple and yeah. you cross the worms and it's just gorgeous like going around this all all those um areas that have kind of a winding almost cylindrical path that mario goes around and you can kind of see the horizon see the curvature of it and see what you've kind of mm. gone across that stuff for me is some of the most visually impressive stuff in the game yeah um, yeah so but those uh, you're right those lumas where they're inside the level and then they just create a right random one-off planet inside the level that you get a star jump to whatever mm-hmm. and then yeah you do something on that little bonus bit and you get a star it, it, i agree it does feel very wow this is thematically so bizarre uh, like to link this level to this yeah i mean it's disjointed but the entire game is kind of disjointed right like the whole notion of it is that you're in space hopping from planet to planet and so that kind of fits with the theme in some degree and it does allow them a level of creativity and just bonkersness that i think they take even further in stuff like galaxy 2 and then odyssey um but it 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 definitely lends to the sense of it's not as cohesive as, as the previous yeah. games in terms of level design and stuff. Um, I will say, um, I do think the walking upside down around a planet thing, uh, which I think they utilize way more in this game than Galaxy 2. Um, I think I was way hotter on it at the start of the game for a number of reasons. One is, I think, visually as a spectacle, it it's very impressive, especially early on where you are seeing like the horizon and that sort of thing happening. Um but then I do think by the end of the game, when it's visually less impressive because you're kind of used to the setting um, and the levels get much harder, especially like mm. one of the purple coin ones where you're collecting and you're collecting like stuff while you're upside down and that sort of thing. I was just like, yeah, there's just, by the end of this game, there's just a bit too much being upside down. But I will say stuff like the Bowser fights in particular are maybe the best use of that mechanic where it is Bowser yes. around that planet. And... I just think there are patches of this game where the utilization of Mario being upside down maybe could have been done better or taken out altogether. And it's just, I think they maybe got a little bit carried away, which is understandable because at the time it was a really cool thing. Yeah, um, And I do think that Galaxy 2 improves on that idea. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, I want to get a few thoughts from some people who wrote in about their first times with the game. Uh, For Adaptability says, like most games I found too difficult, I put the game down and never actually beat Super Mario Galaxy on the Wii. Suffice it to say, my 10-year-old self would be proud of what I was capable of in 3D All-Stars. Replaying the game after 64 meant getting used to the spin jump, since diving is no longer an option for fast reversal. I was glad to see that spinning was mapped to the Y button because it makes timing jumps much easier than shaking the Joy-Con and hoping it registers. Um, How much did you use the spinning uh, of the Joy-Con to to do the spin jump versus pressing the Y button? And also, did you do what I did, which is... So part of the time, actually, when I was playing this, if I was playing in handheld mode, I would actually just set set the little mini switch screen down on my desk in front of me, take off the Joy-Cons and play with those. I never once played just regular in handheld because it just didn't feel right. This is one of the weirdest things is the only time the Joy-Cons, split Joy-Cons, has felt like the best method to play a video game. And that's because the original felt like that, right? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. Every time I wasn't on the big screen on my 4K TV, I would just utilize the screen and take the Joy-Cons off. I did it more out of necessity of collecting star bits because i didn't want to do all the touch sure. screen rubbish yes. to collect star bits and yeah. i was i had this fear that you know because you actually do need star bits to unlock those lumas that if i just played handheld and ignored the star bits there might become a luma that needs some star bits that i don't have enough for so i was like i don't want to be in that situation so i'm gonna sure. always what, what, I'll t- what i'll say to you is me having done 71 stars and finished the game i got all of the hungry lumas without having to stretch too much for getting star bits. yeah you get a lot of fucking true, star true bits. i agree and you do it's just if i decide to play half the game handheld without thinking about star bits I, that was my concern was just that it would yeah I that's one it. of the things though about this game is i actually think the thing that holds up best about it is collecting star bits in some ways i love it just feels so design, satisfying yeah it just yeah. feels so satisfying to just quickly flick your hand across and just like rotate it and just like collect all these little bits and the way they fly into mario and the, again the sound of it and the look of it it's just so satisfying to just pick them up you know um they for me they are superior to coins uh in, yeah, in this game people yeah. love collecting coins in mario games coins feel so redundant in the other games generally and and even yeah. in this game they're almost like they're just health really in this right. especially in this game because like the three bars of health is quite tricky in points um it can be overly difficult um, that said you know there were there was a point when i had 82 lives and then i had to shut the game off and came back oh, and remembered why that does it you, do that that's what they did they just why? took all your lives away when you, you turned oh, the game off God. Um, but then after that, I, I got back up to like 35. So I, I probably did have over yeah. 100 total at some point in the game yeah. if you were to count all of those together. I, I would say, to your original question, I always used the Y button. I, I do. Interesting. It's, huh. it's just my preference. Um, at the time, I, I thought the waggle was fine. I don't think I loved it or hated it. It was just kind of necessary. But uh, having the option to do it as a, as a Y button, I liked a lot. That's wild. I was the complete opposite. I always shook it. And I think part of it is I just have this muscle memory associated with Mario Galaxy where it just feels wrong not shaking it just because that's how I know it. I, I agree, but my muscle memory had almost been retrained with the cap from Odyssey. Like it felt Interesting. more natural to use the button. Huh. Yeah, I, I guess it's just because I've played Galaxy multiple times before this. And so I just have this... It's just kind of built into the way that I enjoy that game. I also... 
I don't know. There is something satisfying about just a quick flick of the wrist and it happens. And it is, it obviously is not as precise or good as the Y button. And certainly in that final Bowser fight, I did use the Y button for some of those back and forth pinging him on his shell. Um, Mm. But yeah, it was, it was definitely one I didn't use as much. Um, uh, I want to go to Rachel as well, who also, um, I did the thing that I did, uh, which was the 242 stars, but let's start with her first thoughts, uh, which were, here we are, the real star of 3D All-Stars, Super Mario Galaxy. Of all the Mario games I've played, of all the times I've worked Bowser's scaly behind and saved the day, this is my favourite, or so I thought. Uh, for context, this game really is a milestone for a time when gaming, and Nintendo games in particular, had really become my main hobby. Not just playing the games themselves, but everything that went with that. From reading the state propaganda of official Nintendo magazine and frequenting their forums, to lunchtime DS multiplayer sessions and game discussions with school friends, I was a Mario fan, and this was THE Mario game. The biggest release for the Wii, and in general. It was the first Mario game I bought on release, and the first I beat and collected every star while it was part of the zeitgeist. I loved it more than I had any game to that point. Of the three games in this collection mario 64 is clearly the most important historically but galaxy is the most important for me uh, and i think that's pretty mirroring of our experiences down to going to o&m forums you know yeah, um, back exactly. in the day. although we did we we hung out on the pokemon forums of o&m mostly yeah. i never really went to the other parts of of them uh it was i don't know the there wasn't as much of a community feel it felt around the other parts of that forum but obviously when galaxy was out it was probably getting talked about a whole bunch people were discussing it um but then i want to talk about the 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 242 stars which is what i did back in the day um that maybe kind of broke me um and rachel says there's one thing i never did and that's beat the game with luigi again to get 242 stars so fresh off getting every blue coin in sunshine that's exactly what i did it's testament to any game even the best of the best for me to want to play it again right away and really this is the one of the very small few that i would do that for I'm not going to lie, maybe in hindsight I should have left it a while before going back for the Luigi playthrough. As the um, By the time I was well into getting every Luigi star, some of the shine had gone from what is otherwise a wondrous game. Things like lives and checkpointing, since improved in Odyssey, or some of the more finicky motion controls, such as in the levels where Mario rides on a ball, just grate that bit more the second time around. It's the sort of things that knock a 10 out of 10 down to a 9. Um, and yeah, I, I mirror that experience back when I did it, right? Like, I think that the idea of having played it relatively recently back in the day and then just doing a full let's play i think the let's play thing is is the other added stress of it as i already mentioned of you know just doing a a game being on all the time and having your skill being on on display constantly and having to make sure you're doing it and getting through it now there's this thing that happens when i play let's plays sometimes back in the day where my brain was so involved in what i was playing but i also had to get words out of my mouth so just a bunch of nonsense is just coming out of my mouth i'm just talking without any real thought for what i'm saying um and it, and it ends up with commentary that is a little weird uh in some senses i, I know but. it might not have been fun to edit but i do think your ice bats video of that let's play is one of your best ever let's play videos and you, you do this thing where you're like right sometimes you just give up on talking and you just react to your deaths so and then later you'll edit together all the the deaths basically yes, yeah and yeah. that is just fun that's just a fun let's play thing to it's, watch. Great. it's good to watch yeah. let me tell you it's not fun to record part of my <laughs> you know when i was um doing 
uh, Twilight Princess more regularly. I guess like I came back to it to do the the Yeti s- snowboarding thing. There was a time when you did it more regularly. There was a time. There was a time. Um, I d- I came back to do the Yeti snowboarding thing, and oh, that is a good. That's that and Ice Bats are the two best episodes ever. That fucking snowboarding thing, I swear to God, took a three-hour recording session, and the video is maybe 15 to 20 minutes long. <laughs> it is excruciating. Like, just making that was fucking excruciating, to the extent that I think I t- took two years off of Twilight Princess after that video. Um, but anyway, I think that the point here is, with the 242 stars, is that I think it's a fun thing. I think it's neat that you can do it and play as Luigi, but really, it's... It's one of those things that feels unnecessary, right? Like, it's it's just the same game again, but you're Luigi, and there's not a huge difference to how Luigi plays. Um, he has slight differences, but for the most part, he is just a different colored Mario. Um, Can you remember and... who you save in those Saving Luigi missions in the, the mansion? Oh, goodness, I can't remember, no. I, I want to say... Could be wrong. I think there's two Luigi's and you save Maybe yourself. there is two Luigi's and Luigi saves himself. Yeah. I think that is the case. Yeah, I don't think they thought ahead that much with it. I think they were just like, <laughs> here's a fun thing at the end of the game, plays Luigi. And I mean, you know, Mario games tend to do that. 3D Land, you had to beat the entire game as Mario and Luigi, get to the top of the flagpole in every level, get all the Comet medals in every level, mm. just to get the very final challenge in that game. Um, and that game is much shorter, much breezier. Um, mm. so it's yeah. not as as big a deal but still um it's something that nintendo likes to do i think is just fucking put luigi at the end you love luigi um cool uh so should we get into some of the the game itself and some of the levels and talk a bit more about them sure um so this game is a bit different to talk about and it's a little weird just because uh each level i would say is much shorter and smaller in scope in some ways larger in others um but it's more about throwing more ideas at the wall versus having these individual levels broken up into different spaces um uh because you don't like jump into a painting or into a wall or whatever this time it is you go into a dome and inside the dome you kind of pull yourself up on the blue stars um which are consistent throughout the game and are the one thing that i would realize oh my goodness there's so many of these this is one of the motion mandatory motion control things that i hadn't remembered was the blue stars that you kind of cling to and then you can use the momentum of them to fling you forward and backwards a lot of the times you're using those blue stars to like avoid um explodey things or or stuff like that there's an an entire race where you're racing a boo where you have to just navigate an entire maze of this stuff like i generally think they are a really good way of implementing a bit of motion controls and mixing up the gameplay i I never really got bored of them honestly i quite like them yeah i don't know they've they've they felt after a point i was like these are just a little bit redundant in a sense there's not mm. much interest to them mechanically uh they kind it's of just an alternative method of like i was saying linking one level to another yeah um, yeah that wasn't a, a jump star thing totally yeah um and i get it but it's yeah they i don't think they hold up quite as well um so yeah each, each of these domes contains multiple levels but there's mainly only two or three big levels and then the rest is a boss fight uh plus a bonus type of stage right um 
and i don't know how you feel about the structure generally ballet because like a lot of um i got pretty much every main star in the game which is to say three stars in all the levels that had main stars and then all the individual bonus ones as well as the hungry luma ones that appear outside mm-hmm. and that got me to a total of about 71 so there's about 50 stars here which are either hidden ones or comet stars um and that's probably in keeping in some ways with the other mario games like how many in sunshine are dedicated to blue coins probably about that many uh maybe a few less than that yeah I think um, like 30 or something yeah i can't remember i would say mario 64 is the least egregious here because it's it's 100 coins really is the thing that uh gets you extra bonus stars there I think it's got like 1500 coin levels and everything yes. else is a, a regular star there are a few castle ones like the you know the one at the top of the castle where you have to shoot around the clouds as well as the slide and things like that so there are a few castle stars and the one under the moat um but of all these three games i got the most stars in 64 weirdly enough um versus you know uh these other two because i think these other two just have less core stars that the player has to get in order to finish the game and not to say that you have to get those stars in 64 but because each level has like seven i felt more it felt more necessary for me to get all of the core stars because uh, frankly these other ones that happen for galaxy they're either do it really quick or do it in other ways do you do you have the the different comets up bally of what they do yeah i'm just looking at this so you've got the the speedy comets uh where it requires you to complete a level within a certain time limit uh you've got the daredevil comet uh where you only have one health hit point which is yeah, normally a boss God. fight but sometimes it's something else i tell you what that fucking rock guy with the daredevil that's one that i remember strongly as not having a good time with I, somehow i did that first time this time it was the wow. other ones i struggled on it was just Damn. yeah uh, you've got the cosmic comets uh, where Mario races against Cosmic Mario, which is right. straight out of Mario Sunshine. It is the same as what Celeste does, right? Where your shadow follows your exact movements. Is that how it works? I seem to remember that being the case. I don't think this one follows your movements. I, because you're... I remember a purple coin mission where you're going across the flipping uh, kind of lava poison water and he's following your movements as you go along. So you have to make sure not to run into yourself as you come back to the I beginning. There's a different game. He does follow your movements. Maybe I'm thinking of Galaxy 2 because I think, oh, maybe in 3D Land they do that as well. They definitely yeah, do it in 3D yeah. Land. Um, and then you've got the, the fast foe comets, which are basically enemies move extra fast. So this is normally based around levels with thwomps and moving boxes. Right. Yes. Um, and then you finally have got the purple uh, purple comets, which don't actually appear until you've done the rest of the comets, which is annoying in my view. Because I, as I said, I went for 120 and I I was on 98 stars before I fought Bowser and I got to 98 stars. And that's actually when I went and spoke to Rosalina um, to read her her storybook her because book, I thought, yes. is there something I need to click to trigger, um, you know, the next thing to happen to get these purple coins, uh, comets to appear? But no, it wasn't. You just have to go face Bowser, beat the game, come back in, and then the purple coins will appear on the, the sort of comet rotation. There's like a Luma you can speak to and they will move the comet for 20 uh, star bits. So... Mm-hmm. one gripe i have with the purple coin star and there's different types of purple coin stars i should, should say some of them you're just collecting them in a general bowl area others you're, it's like a linear timed thing and others it's just linear but it's not time sort of thing so it's like a combination um 
but yeah you can only do those purple coin comets after defeating finishing the game but finishing the game which is annoying because i would have happily just done one at the end of each level uh because doing them all at the end of the game means you're doing like 15 uh purple coin missions they're all back to back back almost yeah yeah Yeah. if that's all you have left obviously um which for many people that'll be the case so it's a bit of a shame that they they did that yes uh it's it's frustrating and i think you can mitigate that if you knew beforehand by just going and beating the game and then coming back and having a bit more variety to spice in there um but of course that uh, didn't end up being the case for you unfortunately um so this first one the terrace dome this kind of just sets the stage right like we have the first galaxy which is good egg which i would say is in the mold of what the the new kind of format they're going for with these levels which is one area and then you shoot off to the next area you shoot off to the next area and you do little things in between um enemies for the most part feel a little bit redundant when it comes to some of these places there are definitely moments where you have to kill a certain number of enemies uh in order to uh, you know unlock the star to go to the next area um but for the most part there are i guess a bit of an annoyance um uh, and I, I guess throughout we've kind of talked about this throughout the whole, whole 3d mario series is like like figuring out enemies in their role and what they do has been maybe a bit of an issue um and i think that's why odyssey they just kind of roam around all these levels not doing yeah and i think that's why odyssey kind of like nails it because they're there and they're annoying but then you can take control of them yourselves and so they become tools in the level right they become puzzle solving elements and so it's not just that you're killing enemies it's you're actually using enemies for other reasons um which is really neat Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so uh what do you think about good egg galaxy and honey hive galaxy these are the first kind of two core ones we get i think honey hive is it's kind of a throwback to 64 in a way right because it feels more like a space that you can go and explore and go to different places of yeah but it also does the thing when you go into the level from a different star where it does completely change in the sense that you can only go to this place versus this place there's the level where um all of it's on the kind of wooden rooftops above there's the part where you go over to the queen you know like you do have different parts of the level that you're exploring and you can't really do a thorough deep dive into it in the same way that you could in these other games yeah and i i do like that because it felt like one of the only reasons you were able to do it in the other games was to get the hundred gold coins and not having to do the hundred gold coins i think is quite refreshing like i I should say i massively prefer the purple coin levels to hundred coin levels yeah i totally agree yeah um so but yeah good egg galaxy honey hive good egg i think is just it's just them showcasing the 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 space style and the orchestral yeah. music like it's a big deal of just it's all about the wonder and running upside down for the first time and seeing it sets the tone really sets the tone totally um and it's got like a, a fun cool you know pete piranha style fight with dino piranha um who i think is a fun boss honestly uh and and there's also King Caliente, I believe, who's yes, like the, that's the first iteration the, of him. Yeah, the octopus where you're playing uh, Ganon tennis, which is always yes. fun, which I think <laughs> works really well. So some really simple bosses, but nice ones, and some like a spectacular kind of art style for this level. And then yeah, I do I do think Honey Hive is like the first introduction of one of the new costumes, which is obviously B Mario, which. It's a cool costume, generally, and I yeah. think the, this game, we've not really talked about the costumes yet, we can get there, but, like, there's some really good ones in here, especially when you compare it to the fact that 
sunshine just has nozzles basically and we talked about how 64 has its sort of three caps that aren't utilized a ton and aren't overly fun to use i think these costumes genuinely feel like fun and i do actually think that's improved in galaxy 2 as well um Definitely, yeah. and it's it's there's a difference between the new costumes that Mario has versus the old power ups that he gains because you do get fire flowers and ice flowers in this game, but they work much differently because they're on a timer, yeah, um, yeah. and they disappear after a certain amount of time. So you you do have to be much more careful with those um, versus these ones. You do have to be careful with, especially with B Mario not going in the water because that will just completely get rid of your costume. And I kept forgetting about that when I was fighting the big. Um, uh, bug guy at the, at the end there yeah uh, but but yeah it, it, it's definitely something you need to keep an eye on and uh, and make sure you're figuring out and I, I do enjoy the bosses and and they're they're neat like little distractions but for the most part they are kind of laughably easy right like they they don't provide much of a challenge and to be honest like has any mario 3d boss ever provided much of a challenge i don't think so yeah i was gonna say in my mind i always had galaxy bosses as really easy and sunshine bosses as much harder and having played these games back to back galaxy's marginally easier maybe but not yeah that much easier they're, they're all kind of much of a muchness yeah. really i think it like it comes it stems from the you know mario 64 thing of you know just get around the back of him and you know uh, or on the thwomp just like let him fall down yeah. and slam on the back like it's all very simple stuff and, and, and i do think galaxy 2 steps up bosses in a really nice way and i think odyssey's bosses are just fantastic like, odyssey just has incredible. fucking spectacle for yeah. his bosses more really than anything impressive. else and uh, not that they're super hard but yes i yeah. really appreciate that kind of um change to them uh yeah like the 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 big bug you just slam on his back a bunch of times and you know they make it a bit tricky that's one of the more tricky ones i found in some senses um i don't know do you do you fight that one uh in a fast comic or anything you don't have to redo any of those i don't uh think. Um, big bad bugaboom yeah um i don't think so i can't I think you just do it once yeah because um, there's yeah. there's another one with the mole where right? there's another there's a mole boss in that similar vein of just going around a circle um and uh you know ground pounding yeah you've got one health for him but not the big oh, okay yeah. okay cool um yeah and then and then you know this galaxy also has this dome has two smaller levels one of them which is like okay so when i did flip to which galaxy i was like are you fucking serious is that it um this one is literally it's introducing the concept of the switches where they turn blue to yellow and you literally just do like 10 of these um on a a thing which is it's kind of like a half of a square um with three sides of a, a, a cube i guess three sides of a cube where there's some kind of electric uh circles being pushed out and there's some enemies in the way um some kind of spiky uh kind of platforms going back and forth but all in all you just kind of just step on all of them and then that's a start <laughs> and i was like oh okay i guess that's we're just doing this one little thing that in any other level in galaxy would be one area you land on then you go to the next area to land on but it's just this single area and i guess it makes sense for the start of the game but i was a little bit like okay well, well, one that's... thing i thought galaxy one did have in it were flip switches and it doesn't actually i mean sorry no. this is this one is called the flip switch it's galaxy, called flip switch but, but it's not, what it means it's not is what i think to... of as flip switch which is right. the one where you do a spin jump and it goes from red to blue 
I believe they must have been introduced in Galaxy 2 in that case. Yes, I think so. Um, One of my favorite ideas from Galaxy yeah, 2. Yeah, and I that continued on into 3D Land and World. And yeah. I don't think it came back in Odyssey. Maybe it did. I can't remember. Yeah, in 3D Land and World, I believe they were on timers as opposed to your own controlling because there's no spin jump in those games. Um, so that's um, the way they made it work. No, they are linked to the jump. I think it's literally just linked oh, maybe it's to just the jump. single jump. Yeah. yeah, maybe that is the case. Which gives you a lot less control than having it with the spin jump. But yeah. Totally. And yes, then it's, obviously it's 3D Land and the World also have the timed blocks as well. Yes. Which are yeah. cool. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, this is like um, Mario Galaxy for babies. <laughs> just, right, yeah. No, yeah. I, I totally get it. It, it. just it read, it read a bit weird when I was first starting the game. I was like, wait, really? I got a star for doing that? Okay, I guess so. Um, and, and yeah, that was kind of the case there. Uh, the loop-de-loop galaxy is where we kind of get introduced to, okay, here's some mandatory motion controls going on. So we have a few of these style uh, of levels where you are forced to get out your control your Wii remote at the time it was a big deal uh, and you have to take this manta ray through a course now Bali I know you did the harder one later on um, and I remember that one being pretty tricky Uh, how did you find both of these and and, you know uh, do they hold up in any way or do you think that these are the kind of more dinosaur-y elements of of Uh, yeah they do feel a little dinosaur-y they don't feel like they control particularly well the Joy-Con but I don't think I could argue they can control that well with the Wiimote either I just just feel they're kind of a thing of their time and to their credit i do think they give you a large window when it comes to the time in order to get the star like it's more so about not falling off than it is about being fast which i think helps but give me a slide from mario 64 over this any day totally yeah i Um, I agree um they they look really nice like part of the thing i really love about this level design is you know a lot of people don't realize that the team that made mario galaxy the game they worked on before was uh donkey kong jungle beat um and jungle beat is a game that introduces so many ideas that then get used in mario galaxy and i don't think many people know about it um but this whole whole idea of just water floating in space um and like going moving through it to, to move to another area that does get used later on in another galaxy level but um this idea of this entire race course just being this just piece of water that's just floating there and just existing and so it's, it just has a really cool look to it i really like the the visual of it and the way that it's kind of set up yeah yeah um, i think the water generally especially when it's floating in space and as you say there's loads of levels like that in galaxy is a real highlight like of the visual aspects of this game yeah absolutely um, one galaxy that's not on your list but is kind of linked to the terrace is the Luma yeah. for the terrace, which is right. a sweet, sweet galaxy, Rocky Road. Yeah, this um, is the one I remember from when I was younger being like, damn, this is awesome. I just, yeah. I was so it's into cool this level. level. It's kind of um, hard that early on in the game as well. Like, I did yeah. fall off a couple of times. Like, it's, and it's basically just fruit and candy and stuff and holes that you yeah. have to avoid falling through and moving and there's panels. a giant cake at the end and there's and a cake yeah the cake. it's just like this is mario party in mario galaxy game kind of thing it feels like yeah 
Right, and and like th- this is where I maybe noticed, and there's other levels that do this as well. Flip Switch Galaxy, I noted it as well, is it does the Mario Sunshine thing of having weird backgrounds that aren't space. Of like, yes. oh, the background is just an eight bit Mario, and I was like, wait a second, I remember all of this being a space background, but it's not. They actually do weird stuff with the backgrounds. Yeah. In some of these bonus levels, it's um, like maybe this was the leftover level from one of those floodless levels, and they're like, hey, let's use it in Mario Galaxy now. Yeah, that Sweet Treat Galaxy, I remember when I was younger, finding real tricky, and it was such, I was so elated when I beat it, because I was like... It's so early in the game, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, especially when we, when we were that age of like not being great at 3D movement and platforming, yeah. it, was, um, it was a much bigger challenge, um, but still holds up, and one of my favorite levels, actually, in this game overall, it's yeah. just a really yeah. neat thing. Um, but if we're talking about motion controls, I just want to bring in um, Ford Adaptability, who had comments about the camera and controls in general. Um, and he says, having made significantly more progress in this playthrough, I was able to appreciate the game's generous checkpoint system, as well as the abundance of one-ups due to, uh, in part, star bits, which is another true thing. It's like, you get 100 and you get an extra one-up, right, with star bits. Yeah, um, I think it's 50, actually. Is it? Wow, yeah, that's crazy. It, that that's must... part of the reason we were racking up the, the one-ups yeah, is it's 50. That's insane. Um, he says, my minimal gripes have to do with motion control levels that require moving the Joy-Con to steer Mario's movement, as well as the overall limited control of the camera. 64's camera is far from perfect, but allows the player to view the stage from multiple angles without having to use the first-person camera. Odyssey absolutely nails this with its 360 controls. Um, all in all, Galaxy is charming not only for its gameplay, but its use of flagship power-ups like the Fire Flower in a 3D setting, uh, an attempted backstory for Rosalina, and an orchestrated soundtrack. So yeah, all things that we've kind of talked about, but I think... Um, for a chat camera. The camera is an interesting one, for, because i've never been someone who is against the camera of mario galaxy and even in this game it was very rare that i felt (laughs) still now i I, it was very rare that i felt the need to change the camera angle because i've always said that nintendo does it for you right like they you just move and they will put the camera where it's supposed to be and this you know depends on what level it is some levels you would like to move around a tiny bit um but when i am wanting that the game generally lets me do it for the most part Um, generally i agree um i i would love that second stick control which obviously you couldn't have done with the wiimote um that's the sort of thing if this game was properly remastered you would just insert i think that would be something that would be much nicer and i i obviously think the camera in in like sunshine and odyssey is better as a result just because you have that whole stick to control it i do think that and we've not talked about swimming levels yet but i think when you're underwater in particular the camera can get real jank and absolutely that is my one hang up with this game the camera underwater is garbage (laughs) fucking trash because all those nice things where nintendo know where the camera should be when you're on land which work 90 percent of the time i'd argue kind of all goes out the window when you're underwater and because we're going to talk about shall we talk about underwater or should we go wait wait till we'll we'll wait till we get to one of those levels i think i'll get i'll save this rant for then but yeah yes yeah um cool and then i can't i think the bowser robot was the final boss of this uh area was the moment when i was replaying this game and i had it crisp 1080p on on my monitor i was in awe i was like holy shit this thing is huge and it does evoke the shadow of the colossus idea because you do climb up the top of it and then you know it's very easy and it's kind of like breezy but there is a sense of scale and grandeur and the music as well it's just you stand there you're tiny mario you're looking up this huge planet surrounds you and this enormous fucking mech with its two legs one of my favorite moments in this game absolutely i almost think this level started as a tower 
and then they turned it into a robot. You know, like, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not overly convinced it was always a robot and a boss that you climbed up. But I, it, it is really cool that you you climb up it, and then there's bullet bills at the top, and you're like kind of tricking the bullet. I think that's a great mechanic that repeats itself a lot. Yes, it does. It comes back quite a lot of bullet taking bill the bullet chasing. bills and uh, smashing open glass yeah, and things like it's that. It's great. Yeah. I, I really really cool first boss yeah it's awesome uh and uh it's probably the most awe-inspiring thing in the game i i definitely took screenshots of that as well and i was like just like wow man i i've seen this twice before and like years ago but it still somehow has this big impact and i think that's one of the great um things that galaxy still is able to pull off is that sense of awe and wonder um, yeah at just these huge things um uh, the next one is the Fountain Dome. Um, should we talk quickly, I guess, about the hub world and the overworld? Sure. Because it's not something we've really addressed yet, but going from, you know, dome to dome is definitely a thing we're kind of getting into at this point. Um, I want to take a comment from Matraya, who said, seeing as I have a strange obsession with hub worlds, I guess it's worth pointing out that I think the Galaxy Hub is a huge step down from 64 and Sunshine. It no longer functions as its own mini world to practice moving around in and doesn't allow for much exploration, which in turn allows the devs to hide in secrets for the player to find between worlds um and generally yeah like this is we'll see the full transformation when we get to galaxy 2 but you know you know that that is just literally mario's face and there's nothing else and you just like it's basically a level select menu this is like the half step between that where it's it's kind of stripped out all the personality and there's nothing it feels so pointless as a result yeah like there's there's places where you can go and get mushrooms there are definitely some hidden one-up mushrooms around the stage um and also later on in the game when you get the red star you can fly around it so it does offer yeah. a bit of practice for the flight mechanic but aside from that which is not utilized much in this game barely yeah barely yeah. at all uh, aside from that you it's not really a, a, a playground for you to practice your side jumps or your long jumps around anything there's not much galaxiness in that area because it doesn't have much gravity stuff going on yeah i i agree it's the, it's the worst of both worlds either make it bigger and you explore it or do what galaxy 2 does and make it small and it almost doesn't matter it's just like a little hub area to walk around a bit it's it's slightly too big to be a basic hub area to walk around uh but then at, at the same time too small to bother exploring and yeah you do get the shortcuts to get to the hubs and that's fine but then it's like why not just have a row of five doors i can walk in you know like it, it... exactly yeah it does especially some of those levels that take you back to the center with rosalina and you're like why just put me back where i yeah. was i know? even think visually galaxy 2's hub world is cooler and nicer to look at i know it's mario's head yeah. floating in space but it still looks really cool and this just looks yeah. like this weird contraption well it's rosalina's spaceship right but it's like this weird contraption that just doesn't doesn't feel like it overly fits the universe and i'm not delighted to be there which it's I think... especially like the final like cutscene where it turns into an egg or whatever like like the... <laughs> yes that is a long ass cutscene, by the way <laughs> like, yeah it's, it's like this giant it's shield long. and it's like got a giant point at the, at yeah. the top of it because oh. it's a spaceship mm. and then it just like has a egg shape to it and it's like burrowing into a thing and it's just really weird anyway uh, i'm sure we'll get to that at yeah. the end of the game but um but yeah i i de- tend to agree with you i would i take galaxy 2's uh world over this any day just because mm. it's more honest about what it really is it's yeah. like look guys we're just a menu select just fucking go select the level yeah. you know and i gotta say delfino plaza is still the king of this category i gotta say it's much as it's, i hate to admit nice. it i i think you're right yeah <laughs> um i think you're right but um 
I I think sixty four has more fun secrets though because you find the you know the slide and you find the other things. I actually think are you saying those. that um, the lily pads and uh, pachinko uh, are not fun mm, secrets? Mm, <laughs> mm, yes, mm, fun. Not words <laughs> I would describe there necessarily. Uh, secrets, sure. To Sunshine's credit, it's got like some fun turbo nozzle um, secrets. I do. Yeah, think like one. Fun. There's a couple, yeah. but there's not, yeah. there's not enough. I agree. Not enough, not enough. Um, great, so the Fountain Dome is the next one where we get uh, Space Junk Galaxy, which if we're talking about just throwing shit at the wall, this is exactly what this is about, right? Like, it's just a bunch of weird stuff. This is one of my least memorable ones, I think, and I totally oh, really? forgot about the, the spider level, yeah. the spider boss, where you're, like, flinging yourself. That's that's another, like, we keep coming across these things. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was another motion control thing that they added into this game. This one I do kind of like, actually, the idea of, like, pulling on these sticky spider web things and flinging Mario across. I actually do find that pretty satisfying. It, it, um, it's one of those levels, and this is a, this is harsh, because it's a criticism of Galaxy that I don't know the solution to, and that is... okay that when you go upside down and or around a planet and the controls change it can sometimes catch you off guard or mario starts going in the opposite direction to what you intend well sometimes he just keeps running in a circle maybe that's a joy con thing or he runs in a circle yeah and i i'm gonna say i don't know enough about developing but i can imagine it's incredibly difficult to try and program for like going upside down and spherical objects to walk around so uh, yeah honestly i have no idea how they fucking made this game it's just magic exactly <laughs> so, really? but i would say with this boss you will sometimes be where it is a race against time to avoid like it's poison shoots or whatever like yes, it's spraying yeah. at you and you will sometimes start running the opposite direction and walk straight into poison. It's like, okay, game, that felt a bit harsh. <laughs> you need to help me out here sort of thing. So, yeah, it, it, it is a good boss fight generally. It's just that one issue which comes back a few times in Galaxy. It's a minor thing, but it's a bit a bit annoying. Yeah, um, this level also has the airship stuff, which I generally think is okay. It's not that interesting, though. It's I mean, probably... that airship could have been dragged in as a boss in literally any level in the game. Right. I mean, Bowser Jr. just comes along where, whenever when he feels like it. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, the the whole fighting the Magic Cooper lady, um, it happens a couple of times. I don't... I'm not a huge fan of that boss fight generally. The, the worst one lot, is yeah. in the um, the ship that's in the water that you get to and you you have to fight her up on the high platform at the end. You've got to do that fight as a daredevil at one point. Where oh, you have one fuck. Oh, that, I, I that, would... that was the hardest daredevil, I'd say, actually. <laughs> Oh fuck! The one I, I died the most on. That's part of the reason I didn't want to do the uh, 120 stars is because I remember <laughs> Daredevil stuff, and I was like, I don't want to go put myself through this shit. It's not fun. Like I, I was so close to fucking that up with one health remaining on yeah, that fight because it's kind of bullet helly, and bullet hell with one health is a bit miserable. Yes, and I think part of it is it's really. I found it really tricky. I don't know if you did to jump on the shell while it's rolling around to get it um because you that don't really have helps. to you can just do a spin you don't have it. to but it, it really i found actually the timing wise exactly when the shell stops on that harder one later on is when she shoots out the fire and so your animation of picking up the shell is slow enough to where she shoots the fire and you can't move quick enough to move out the way you, you of pick it. up so, quicker if you spin than if you I thought that only happened underwater. That's why I wasn't spinning. Yeah, you can spin on land. You can literally... So she'll do a a cast and you can see it's a shell coming because it's like a green and white matter almost. And then if you spin into the green and white matter, the the shell will just appear in Mario's hand. Damn, that would have been real helpful. Because I was just trying to jump on it as it's going around, bonking around. And that was really hard. So 
that would have been a lot easier. Yeah, I kind of just had this assumption because I did use the spin thing underwater when I was getting they shells. They tie so much to that spin jump in this game. Like, as you, and as you say, underwater to pick up shells, spin into them, and that, and you can just spin without a shell underwater as well. But yeah, I would say this is one of my less favorite levels. I mean, it starts off with a bunch of pull stars, um, which, again, I don't think are great. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the fact that it's called Space Junk and they it's very clear they've just taken random objects that they've put together. That yeah, they, yeah. It, it's, it's a weird level. Um, but I mean, I like... Having said that, the theme of Space Junk kind of works and it's a clever way of inserting weird stuff into a game like Mario Galaxy. Yeah, I guess that that's why the weird Yoshi head works in this level because that's where it shows up. Because it's like, I don't know, here's a fucking wooden Yoshi's head. Someone carved this, I guess, and yeah. it's just sitting here. I thought wooden Yoshi's head was in one of the tropical levels later. Uh, no, it's the hidden star in this level. Okay. Um, so that's how you that's how you get it. Um, yeah, and, and then the we have Rolling Green, which I think is the... Uh, that's the one that's the single one-off motion control one where you control the ball. Um, that you then do later on again as well yeah um I'd, not too bad this one i think like i i just you just kind of hold it like a joystick you know like a kind of classic arcade joystick and it tends to work um it it definitely doesn't feel great but i don't think it feels bad either it's, it's almost just... like it's not meant to feel great it's meant to feel wobbly yeah. and bad and right. it certainly does it they're just... kind of just trying to be monkey ball essentially is what's happening yeah. here. <laughs> uh... i think it, it does its job and i'm glad it doesn't overstay its welcome and in that sense i do think it, it kind of works uh yeah that that makes sense um and then similar to um the flip switch one there's hurry scurry galaxy which is one where you're just in a giant hexagon and the paths are disappearing and you just need to collect the um the notes i think uh, and then you just fall into the center and, and get the star. Uh, so once again, it's just one of those things that would be a nice closer to a level or just one moment in level. But I think some of these, they were like, well, we need a bit more in this dome because we've only got... But but there's literally this same one as in a, a spin-off star in a later galaxy. Right, totally. So yeah. that like shows, shows the point here, which is like, I don't know, we're just going to... Maybe it's just trying to introduce these ideas early on in the game so that the player is more familiar with them later when they show up as part of a larger level, right? Because that mm. certainly happens with Flip Switch. It certainly happens with this as well, the disappearing platform stuff. So, yeah. so that would be my guess, is like it's kind of a primer for the player to have a new mechanic thrown in there among the... Because I, I tended to... I tended to stay in the same level to do all three stars and then move to the yeah, next one, too. but but you can bounce between them and it does offer more variety to do that. So I do, I think these kind of standout bonus levels are nice to just add a bit of flavor to them. Uh, and then we have Battle Rock Galaxy, which I think cements this is probably my least favorite dome generally because I don't like Battle Rock Galaxy. Um, especially, I think part of it is PTSD from the Purple Coin mission back in the day, um, but it also has the worst hidden star. Are you sure you're not getting Battle Rock confused with its bigger, badder brother and the, the final one. galaxy? Yeah, the final one, uh, which I, is I don't Dreadnought think Galaxy. Because so. Dreadnought Galaxy has two versions of stars from Battle Rock that are made harder. Oh, one God. of those is the bombs where you're having to blow up the rubbish oh god sucks so they have a, an easy version of that in battle rock that they men that they then make longer and tougher in dreadnought and the other one is the purple coin star so purple coin star in battle rock you're going under you're doing these things oh shit and then dreadnought they repeat it but make it much harder oh good um, yeah probably both i mean both of them were bad i found I the first one pretty easy but dreadnought was one of the hardest purple coin stars 
Yeah, and it's it's interesting actually when you look at these levels. There are some levels which are just the same idea, but then they get harder later on, right? Yeah. Um, you do have Honey Hive Galaxy being reprised later on. With, they do a little um, mirror mode deal yeah, with that one. It's gold gold leaf galaxy. Yeah. It's basically the same galaxy, and then you have the same with Dreadnought Galaxy being basically the same as uh, Battle Rock Galaxy in some yeah. senses. Obviously, yeah. the level design is different and stuff, but but it is interesting that it's. It's not the same as what Mario 64 does with like having two ice levels or whatever, uh, but it's it's similar enough in in that sense, right? Of of they have this one theme that they just want to continue, but they didn't want to. The thing with Galaxy is it's mo- much more about variety and moving on and speed, and I think that does help with its pace quite a bit. But it means that they're kind of splitting up ideas across the game, so that you kind of get more difficult versions later on. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. Any any other thoughts on Battle Rock Galaxy? Because that, that garbage dump one is one that I deliberately avoided. Um, I saw the Luma and I was like, wait, I know exactly what this is. I'm never doing that garbage dump shit again. I fucking hate it. <laughs> you avoided. Honestly, that one's fine. It's the later one that's tricky. Um, yeah, and but, I couldn't remember what it was yeah. like. But I, I, I like this Galaxy. I think there's like a topsy spinning top boss which i i think is quite fun uh, who also comes back yeah again very very easy and then even the harder one later on is even still really easy <laughs> but yeah. you know it's um but there's also neat. like just some really nice explosion effects and things where you're flying around in this one maybe that's more so dreadnought but um yeah it i i quite like it it's kind of like that mechanical industrial kind of theme they're going for yeah definitely it's um it's it's got some cool stuff in it i just think that some of the maybe it's just because i have ptsd from the past but i i maybe retroactively dislike um the stuff that goes on in that galaxy yeah um and then we have the boss um the final boss here this which is the uh, first bowser fight it's the first bowser fight yeah and uh, let's talk about the bowser fight generally oh, um, they're great Love they're it. quite good yeah i i had memories of the final one being a lot worse than it ended up being when i did it i died on the final one once but okay it, it is the hardest of the bunch by quite a way because there's so many phases but um it's not overly bad yeah i actually i managed to have five health left at the end of the final fight wow. so there you go cool. um, I, I have done it a lot of times though and i remember dying a lot on it when i was doing my playthrough back in the yeah. day um but but yes it's it definitely i was prepared for the long haul because i remember it going from planet to planet to planet and i i couldn't remember but actually the first two phases of the very final one are different from the final final phase the final final phase is the same as the yes. first two times you fight yeah. him um which is he does his uh you know his little beams that go out and you have to jump over the beams and yeah. then he does his fire breath and then he starts jumping in the air and you have to bait him onto a platform yeah. to break it's it also and got just... like a very fast spinning shell yes the sp- the, so once you hit his uh tail he just spins around um, yeah which is uh yeah and then you just keep spinning him which is fun because he just goes round back very and you fun. just yeah, you really project cool. where he's going to be relative to where you are because yeah. of the circular nature of the planet and then you knock him out um yeah so yeah, overall, I I would say this is probably my least favorite dome overall. If we're just talking about all the stars within it, um, but it still has some decent stuff in there. And you introduce the tops, uh, who are pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. Um, overall, um, I just want to bring a, a, a thing about level design here because Matria uh, mentions uh, 
his uh, favorite part of the game i love the level design of galaxy i think the peaks of 64 and sunshine are fantastic but they're so bloody inconsistent whereas galaxy just hits with these very good worlds consistently i personally think nintendo feel more at home designing these controlled smaller areas of more focused platforming aided by greater use of platforming gimmicks and power-ups which always keep the game feeling super fresh and i think that idea as we've mentioned of having the smaller levels in there is a point on nintendo's favor for just freshening things up and keeping it moving and keeping things a little bit interesting yeah every time you enter it, a new place. it's interesting if nintendo had the tools to do it i honestly think a game like mario 64 would have looked a lot like sunshine and what i mean by that is 64 is ultimately 15 well galaxy you mean you said like sunshine sorry i mean what, what did I say initially? You said you think Mario 64 would look like Sunshine. I, what I meant to say it. was Mario Gal- Mario 64 would look like Mario Galaxy. Right. And yes. what I mean by that is 64 is ultimately constrained by, hey, look, we're going to make 15 dioramas. And within those 15 dioramas, there's going to be like six stars within each one that we're going to work out. I think in an ideal world, N- Nintendo would have always gone to a more Galaxy kind of 3D world. Let's just take cool level designs and put them together earlier than they necessarily did it's almost like galaxy was there coming to jesus kind of moment of finally we've got the tools where we can do what we exactly wanted to do and you you get hints of that with the floodless levels in sunshine but i think that's that feels like ultimately what they wanted 3d mario to always be and I think that odyssey is then another level of that where they're like actually you can incorporate these things into a wider open world in like a new unique way although that's kind of a a different thing yeah that totally makes sense and i think uh you know they in some ways did that in odyssey um because they do have a lot of unique stuff within that game alongside the open areas um uh and uh they've they maybe found a nice medium now but um totally yeah but yes uh overall um yeah that's the the fountain dome and um and yeah the, the next one kitchen dome has uh let's talk about water levels but let's get into the ship okay? okay beach ball galaxy simultaneously my favorite and least favorite level <laughs> because it's gorgeous oh my goodness i love yeah. this setting it's so chill the penguins and it's the bowl of water is fantastic i love it Oh, it's just the sandiness of the beach and the penguin just chilling out, and the the music is so upbeat. It's a really, really nice space to exist in. And then you go underwater, and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" Um, I remember underwater being a little awkward when I was younger, but I don't think I remember it feeling this slow and bad. If you think Mario walks slowly on land, wait till you fucking move him underwater because he's like molasses under there, just can't even get anywhere. You do use the spin to help you get a bit of a boost, but yeah. unless you have a shell that is really the way to get movement and speed yeah. underwater, it just feels so hard to like get him to go down, like just slightly get the shard piece that's down there and just I- collect it. Oh just feels like you're just say, wrestling all, all the time what they require you to do underwater doesn't fit the moveset and what i mean by that is 
I think the tight turns that Mario, when he's not got a shallow spinning, you're right. He's just really awkward and it's difficult to maneuver. And when you're trying to get a little star piece that's next to him, but you need to get over and it's really awkward, it doesn't work. But I think the underwater movement works at its best when you're doing lots of spinning back to back or you're holding a shell. So when it comes to like some of the later water levels where you're like racing against like a killer whale or something... I think like the the big arching movements work really well. Whether you're spinning and consi- spinning consistently or have a shell, it works well. It's when you're being asked to collect things and do tight turns all of a sudden that it becomes this really awkward, as you say, molasses kind of feeling thing. But I do actually think that the the larger movements, the overarching movements underwater, especially when you've got a shell or you're using the spin a lot, feel feel quite good. I wouldn't say they feel good. I feel they they make it feel more palatable, right? Like I I felt better underwater having the shell, but then I was always in fear of running into it and losing the shell, and therefore losing all of the kind of good the momentum, momentum I yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. Um, which especially comes in later when you're doing races and stuff like that, or even following after the the shark and his his uh, kind of circles as he goes around. But mm. um, but yeah, kind of kind of some simple stars in Beach Ball Galaxy. I don't think it's um it has that much interesting going on overall um any any thoughts there's like some sort of secret thing that you go to and then it catapults you like out of the water that i think is a really cool effect like, yes i can't remember what one that is but it's cool yeah definitely. the secret uh the secret undersea cavern that's the one yes yeah there's there's some neat stuff in there but um again it's uh it's one of those that introduces an idea that will then you'll probably be even more frustrated with later on which is of course underwater uh, <laughs> everything goes along quite a lot there. of water in this game yeah um ghostly galaxy i think what i'm finding bally is going through these mario games again is um i kind of like the haunted mansion levels uh this you know i really good one really enjoyed the uh, uh going back to 64 and playing that level i was like actually this is a great level a level i never wanted to interact with as a kid uh, actually has some really good level design and um this one uh the ghostly galaxy is pretty cool it has some some neat stuff in it it has the booze obviously um and it has some the i feel like this one has a bit of the uh side scrolling upside down stuff as well i can't remember maybe that comes later but um it does have the probably the most famous boss in, or infamous boss in, in some senses of this game which is the big fucking rock dude the boulder guy you gotta have a two hands and a big head boss that's the, the you do the nintendo rule book this is definitely the most complex of the bosses because not only do you have to smash him then you have to smash him again with his uvula and then he just reforms himself for a second you got phase, these like so. bomb boos though that are really fun to pick up and throw at him yeah the, the boos that you basically spin near and yeah. you attach to their tongue and you use their tongue to fling them at the enemy yeah i really like this boss fight i know it gets a bit tricky but it's i really enjoy it yeah i agree it's um it's definitely one of those that i was scared of when i was younger because it was really hard um they also give you a luma shop which another thing in terms of speed is like i wish that the luma shop would just be a bit more instant and just give me the thing i want it's like hi is that every time you talk to them luma b luma bop welcome to the luma shop I'm like, <laughs> fucking shut up luma just give me the thing that was especially <laughs> bad yeah especially bad when you're doing the daredevil uh, actually no it wasn't because you the daredevil you don't buy anything yeah, you can't get any more health banned. you're not allowed um but I remember when I was younger playing this one and just being like, <laughs> fuck it. 
I remember that specifically because I said that I, I voiced all the dialogue when I was doing my Let's Play, so that's just burned into my memory. <laughs> Luma B, Luma Bop, welcome to the Luma shop, for fuck's sake. Um, but yes. Th- no, this is maybe my f- favourite, if not one of my favourite songs in the whole of Mario Galaxy, is the Ghostly Galaxy theme song. It's it's so well orchestrated and just sets the tone so nicely for like this Luigi's Mansion style. Yeah, and it's not that it's not that spooky either. Actually, like it, it's it's got yeah. a bit of a jaunt to it because you you're only know? actually is, in the uh... mansion for one of these levels, and that's like the Luigi and the Haunted Mansion level. Which right, is, you're going up and up and through the mansion, and you get the obviously like uh, Boo Mario, which is a, a cool power. Up. Yeah, let's let's talk about Boo Mario because this is kind of where he comes into it. Um, fine i think i don't think there's anything special about it is like you spin to go invisible so you can go through walls that's kind of the thing is um, done more so just because boo mario looks so funny and cute and yes. ridiculous more so yeah. than mechanically but uh, right exactly it's fun uh, to be able to like float around like a boo and avoid definitely. sun <laughs> like, yes like exactly um, don't get destroyed and by then you've the got light. like the very spooky sprint so like it's three very different um levels in that sense for yes. three main stars yeah a lot of variety going on there which was nice um yeah the the other levels here are the boy boy base galaxy which is a single star one I, or maybe it has an, an extra actually it does have the because i actually got the hidden star in this one the green star yes yeah, ac- accidentally because i was yeah. like uh oh i need to get rid of all the water i should probably go to this pipe where it looks like it's being sucked into and then you get sucked in and you're like oh okay i'm actually in this other place now um and you go and get a a different star than what you originally were intending to but yeah this is what i'm talking about where i'm like okay now you have like torpedoes following you underwater and you don't have a good way to avoid them aside from going up to the surface again Um, and just keeping keeping track of your uh, air bubbles like being able to get a new uh, breath of air when you're trying to get down there all in all it's actually kind of simple to just knock it down um and then once you knock it down it's the the platforming is kind of fun to get up to the top but yeah it's it's just, just a traditional get to the top of the tower level but it's good yeah yeah um so so that's a neat one um and it doesn't introduce much different but i think it has a, a very cool I, I, the thing i remember is our game dudes review of mario galaxy of uh, we use footage of boy base galaxy when we're illustrating how how lovely the water looks in the game because of course <laughs> yes. that's what we had to talk about um and then actually this is probably my favorite motion control in the game is bubble breeze galaxy which is the level where you have a little kind of uh, icon uh, where your joy con pointer would be or your wii remote pointer would be which is a little kind of bag of air that like puffs out blower, and yeah. yeah and mario is in a bubble and you just puff him around the stage and it's, it actually works really well i think part of it is because you are in a 360 around mario and so you you're moving the thing with very slight movements of your wrist and getting out of place isn't really a thing that happens you don't really have to reset at any point when you're doing this i found it anyway. it's like they learned um, it from almost like a ds prototype or something like it's a very yeah, clear it totally feels like to spirit do. bubbles or something like that yeah. on ds where you're just kind of pushing someone through a thing um, yeah it's very very cool i actually do really like that one and i think it has some neat it's just it's taking an overhead perspective which is like again this this game does a lot with perspective in terms of side scrolling stuff versus big 3d open stuff versus like going underneath and around like that's probably the most variety i've seen in a mario game of uh, up to this point of like what it could be in terms of not yeah. just being a 3d behind the back camera type yeah. of deal um, should we talk about the the luma galaxy for this yeah, what's the Luma um, Galaxy? It's for this the one? Drip Drop Galaxy, Giant Eel Outbreak. And 
it's one of those levels that looks more fun than it is to play because it's one giant globe of water which looks incredible there's like sun shining through it space in the background mm-hmm. and you talk to this old penguin and he's like yeah you got a we've got an eel outbreak and there's like five six eels swimming around yes. the level that you basically just have to collect shells and sh- kill them all um and then you get a star better to get the red shells for those uh, as opposed to the green ones because they home in of course oh do you um, i forgot that yeah yeah, yeah. I well i use that on the boss there's a big fucking giant shark boss later on that i yeah it's like a, it's like the evolution of this level right um and for that one i was like i need the red shells so you you know there are green shells around and there are fewer red shells but if you find the red shells those are the ones that are much better to use because they uh... i agree this swimming mechanics aren't the best but that boss fight is very cool like it's It's cool visually for sure i won't deny that like i really do like the design of him and the way his his bones are all cracked and everything and like the red eyes yeah it's like a dry bowser before dry bowser yeah yeah exactly like it's it's very intimidating um but it is again it's an underwater boss and i'm like fucking do we have to do this at least it's not as bad as cleaning the fucking teeth of that thing in sunshine because nothing will ever be that bad um but you it's know, his brother it's, it's his brother yeah it's his uh his uncle or whatever um yeah uh so so that's that's pretty cool um yeah i think the the boss fight is not particularly memorable it's the bowser jr in a ship and you're throwing yeah. shells at his ship to destroy it it's kind of the same as the magic cooper one but just with bowser jr this time um, not very inspired uh the bedroom dome probably one of my favorites overall in the game i think this has a really yeah. strong selection um of levels uh starting with gusty garden galaxy which Many people will reference as some of the best music in all of Mario Galaxy. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Bally? I was going to say that's the, that was the original Now You're Playing With Power theme tune was Gusty Garden Galaxy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, people would, would uh, yeah. rec- recognize that from the original podcast intro. I think Gusty Garden Galaxy is more pretty and sounds nice than it necessarily uh-huh. is fun to play um, it's not as much depth i would i would guess because yeah. right? it's mainly going to islands uh killing piranha plants and therefore creating vines that you can go to the next one with right yeah. like that's kind of the progression like, of it here's the mechanic of you're going to fly in the wind on this um seed and yes. they kind of repeat that a few times and it's cool it looks nice uh, but yeah it's not overly fun to play um i enjoy it i enjoy it for the chill vibes man that's the thing it's like it's a really nice one to look at and it has a very cozy feel and yeah it's not that um, chasing, tricky a lot of chasing not... bunny rabbits yeah there's some, there's some of that at the end um and the, the boss fight is the big mole guy uh which is which is neat as well you know I, I i think again it's it's not the thing that galaxy for me stands out more so than other mario games is that sense of awe and wonder and beauty and i think this game especially with gusty garden it evokes that more so than it does challenge or or platforming right like because there's not a lot of that going on here but it is just enjoyable to engage with I yeah found, for yeah the most part. Um, so so yeah i think i don't think there's much depth to gusty garden galaxy but i do want to give it a shout out for just being very nice to be in that place yeah uh freeze flame galaxy on the other hand i think is very neat mechanically right because you are I think mechanically one of the best in the whole game honestly it's, it's absolutely very smart some of the stuff yeah. it's doing and they they do kind of repeat this again later on with melty molten yeah. to some degree um, although melty molten is much more fire themed generally there is a bit of ice stuff going on in there at some point yeah. but this one is really this fusion of okay you've got this uh, ice thing that's going to turn mario into solid ice so that he can slide across the fire one of my favorite moments in the game is that star where you are 
using the ice flower and refreshing it every time you get to a new platform and you're sliding across the fire to get to the end um it's really satisfying and and very very well done um so so that one is free claim cool. also has the ice bats and climbing to the top of that ice mountain which is yep. also yep. very very fun very well mm. designed. <laughs> um, don't know about that oh the, the um the boss fight is not amazing it's a little frustrating really weird boss fight yeah weird um and like especially because one time the final hit you get on him you hit him and then he doesn't get affected by it because he's like dodged out of the way or something and then you get hit by it uh, hit by his drop down if you're not paying attention enough um which was a little bit annoying but yeah i think it's it's just like okay we're gonna fight just a sentient piece of ice i guess like those are the little types of new enemies that get introduced in this game that are not particularly memorable as mario yeah. characters sentient they're just like pieces of ice yeah they're like sentient pieces yeah. of rock for the fire guy yeah. sentient pieces of ice you know um yeah and then you just fight a big one. I, I, I do think the ice skating is very cool. Like that is just a fantastic totally. idea of a power up. Um, is I, just the first idea of having the ice activate on the lava and creating little platforms is cool. But then adding into it the ice skating mechanic on yeah. top and the 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 spin pirouette stuff that happens is really yeah. really neat. And the fact um, that it's definitely. taking a classic Mario power up in the fire flower and then doing a cold version of that and it retains some of that sort of idea of it of some of its classic idea and that it's on a timer so both of these flowers one cold one hot are both on timers but they both act in very different ways and then this yeah. like, this whole world just showcases different uses of those two flowers it's, it's really cool yeah there's a real smoothness to the movement with the ice flower um a real kind of flow that it has that i wish i do wish some of the rest of the game had i want to come to a comment from matria about movement uh, they say the main issue is that mario is really toned down from 64 especially uh, and especially sunshine the removal of the dive is the biggest shame as it feels like mario's moveset doesn't have much synergy his actions just don't flow into one another like they did i understand them toning down mario due to galaxy's level design and working around the wii remote but i think they went too far and i i, I didn't necessarily think they went too far with that i think part of the reason mario is slower and he is a little bit more difficult or like has fewer options i would say yeah um, part of it i was talking to you about this was you got to remember the wii and remember how they were trying to you know get casual players in the door as much as possible Mm -hmm. i think part of it is that desire to make a mario game that is more approachable to regular people right having single inputs of a is jump uh, spin the controller is do the spin and that's just about it if you want to go further with the long jump you can figure that out but i I think most casual players probably won't know that but even then it's it's a long jump followed by a spin jump that's basically the the biggest combo you can more or less do in mario uh, exactly galaxy, which is... yeah there's not there's not a lot of acrobatics there's no fucking like tactics like an odyssey where you do like hat jump to dive to yeah. hat jump to yeah. thing that gets ridiculous in that game which is amazing but <laughs> yeah. um definitely not the sort of thing a casual player is going to be into so i do i think part of it is nintendo's push for the blue ocean market to make mario galaxy a more appealing prospect to them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but part of it is also you know you're just getting used to going through these levels that are upside down and just i think that's a very big part totally yeah if you move with sunshine speed in some of these areas uh it would feel really tricky because you wouldn't like get yourself uh, oriented properly for the most part um you do need to have a bit of a toned down uh, speed in that sense um but i totally understand like the the lack of some of these moves is a it is a bit of a shame and it does feel 
like they've stripped away some of mario's feel in galaxy yeah um, as a result of that yeah um cool um where were we i think we had uh dusty june coming up dusty june is the next galaxy which is um it's okay i'm not is this the is this the least bad sand level in a mario probably mario yeah game? probably the least bad sand level in a mario game of I the three say. that we've played i do think that sand level in odyssey is is fantastic yes but it's doing a totally different thing yeah. um and and this one is definitely the the thing i remember the most of this one is that that um section where you're going around and the sand is pushing you around this kind of circular you're collecting um, the blue collecting the blue yeah. shards for the for the star and you're just like going around it non-stop and like spinning <laughs> there's a timed version of that star as well oh for fuck's sake <laughs> man um so so yeah that star is really fun just from a visual perspective yeah. just like the way the sand moves and it's warping nature i really love that stuff um and then there's the one where you're trying to get to the top by doing wall jumps and that one um with tornadoes kind of boosting you up as well yeah uh, which yeah. uh you know is neat um it definitely has some issues near the end of trying to get those jumps perfect but um there's like one I remember where you you stomp on a big button that forces a sandcastle to go on the other side and you have yes it's like go you you go upside down yeah. you're basically on this plane which the top side and the bottom side of it and there's this they, these couple of holes um that you use to traverse back and forth between them yeah um, i remember having trouble with that one when i was younger this time had no issue at yeah. all I did it there's first a time. purple coin star in that area as well that's i think might ah. also be timed which uh was good fun yeah no um that's definitely uh <laughs> tricky for sure um but but yeah i don't know this this one for me has more of the theming of the sand uh that works well without the frustration of being stuck in sand or being drowned in sand and i think that's good right because i don't there's i think some that of that the, in this level but it's there's some of avoid. it but but you know like that was the core of my issue with the mario 64 yeah. level yeah. is like you can do so much you can get so much progress at one slip and you're just fucking drowning in sand and there's nothing you can do about so, it so there's like you're dead quicksand in this level as well as there being this quicksand is a bit like fudge that you have a chance to jump right. out of again you know like it doesn't yes. have to just be insta kill sand <laughs> right yeah totally um and then we have a honey climb galaxy which i think is just a spin-off basically of the uh using the bee costume and just climbing yeah it's fun it's just it's like let's take this one mechanic of this costume and then just make a level based on that that yeah we can just make a standalone thing and that's part of why i think galaxy is so good it just takes little ideas and just expands on them a bit in their own individual levels yeah and i think what i'm finding generally is like i think my favorite stars are those just individual ones that pop up because it's galaxies. in it's out it's fresh it's yeah you don't have to see it again it's just yeah i i, I, I do like that yeah for sure um and then we've got another Bowser fight. Uh, at the end I was going to say the, the the Luma one for this level is the Big Mouth Galaxy. And it's basically you have to go and retrieve a golden shell. Yes, um, this is the one with the two parts of the water where you have to yeah. use, use um, I think it's a shell to like get from one side to the other. Um, you can cheat it because you can just go to the side and wall jump. Do a wall the, jump? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so it's fine a, it's on the weaker end i'd argue of right it's another water level yeah. really but it just it has that one cool idea and then it doesn't really i don't think that idea gets used again really it's just a it's a it's a fetch quest <laughs> yeah basically it's a mini fetch quest um 
but the Bowser fight here, I can't remember the level for this one, but I, I think generally the levels leading up to Bowser fights are quite good in Galaxy. There's a good variety. This one was a lot more two-dimensional, like yeah. arrows, gravity, um, yes. which this game has a lot of. I think um, this might have the one where you're traveling on that platform and then the arrows are switching around, so you need to get on the right side yeah. of the platform yeah. in order to... Yeah, It's a little tricky. It's a little tricky, but I think it's clever, um, and I think it works really well, and it does have a, a good challenge to it. So, um, but then you fight Bowser, and he, I think the difference in this fight is he has uh, uh, like two more um, bursts of those lasers that he does. So, like, there's five instead of three. Yeah, it's a very marginal change. Yes, uh, a bit similar like to what 64 does, yeah. to be honest, because 64 yeah. also does the same thing where you only have to hit him once both times, um, and then the final one is where it gets much more challenging. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of those things I think Nintendo need to kind of figure out a bit more of like, okay, well, maybe let's make it a bit more interesting as we progress through these Bowser fights, you know, not just make them... Can you remember what Odyssey does for those Bowser uh, Odyssey has the one with the hat, right? You get his hat and it has punching gloves on it. Yes, um, yes. And then you but, punch him above. And that fight is repeated three times, isn't it? I think it might be repeated twice, I can't remember, twice, but you, yeah. they definitely haven't gotten away from that yet. No, <laughs> I mean, there's so many awesome feature. boss fights in between, it doesn't feel as prominent in odyssey perhaps but no yeah. yeah and odyssey is just such a you know breezy like 10 hours of just joy that it's, it's like it's, the, very... it's like for the really casual young players who aren't ever going to beat the game they need to have a, a bowser boss fight as well you know there must be some reason behind it yeah no i totally get what you mean um just on the point of linearity because i think that for a lot of these levels we haven't really talked about since uh the the b galaxy any kind of exploration in this game right and i think part of that is they want more tightly designed stars that you go from point to point and part of it is the disjointed nature but um how do you feel about linearity generally in this game i think i'll, I'll kick this off because rachel had a, a point about it um and says i remember the one downside i had uh, was the move away from the more open levels of 64 and sunshine to the linear galaxies uh which with fewer stars means less time spent by comparison maybe it's a symptom of every game seemingly being open world these days that makes me favor it more now but if anything i prefer galaxy structure more it means there's a greater variety of levels both in different aesthetics and how they play and more fun one-off ideas like the flip switch galaxy in place of 100 coin stars that make up the total of 120 there's still the purple coin comet stars but they feel much less of a chore the greater variety also means more encouragement to try different levels to reach the required total and beat the game unlike sunshine forcing you to collect seven shines in a bad level looking at you pianta village in order to move on uh, unfortunately the level design brings me onto my biggest takeaway and disappointment of replaying this game by the end i had realized what i thought were my favorite levels and moments uh, from galaxy must have actually been in galaxy 2 which by its omission is the biggest problem with the 3d all-stars collection uh, it's not really fair to criticize a game for mistaking it for its successor but it's still where i find myself at galaxy 2 also poses a bit more of a challenge i find and so that is a bit more engaging with the original galaxy uh, as evident by the number of lives i had by the end just a bit too easy by comparison um so yeah some, some yeah. good points there and i i think uh yeah i didn't really think about it but she's right in terms of you don't have to you can get 60 stars however you like in this game really mm -hmm. um it's pretty much open to you aside from unlocking the you have number of star gating you from the next levels to to unlock but yeah aside very from like that, low 
numbers to unlock those stars i found yeah there were definitely moments where i'd finish a galaxy go to the next one and it's like uh mario we have a signal coming in for from the galaxy uh there's a boss coming and i'm like i just literally entered this new galaxy and already i've unlocked the boss fight because yeah. i have enough stars for it yeah. um so um on the balance between like linear and more exploration based and like how those have aged maybe con- maybe it's not controversial but like I think the linear stars have aged way better in Mario Galaxy than the more open um, stars where there is a little bit of exploration. And there's not many stars where that's the case. But I just think a game like Mario Odyssey has evolved and improved upon that idea of exploration in relation to platforming in a way that makes a lot of the exploration in all three of the games in this trilogy feel a lot more flat whereas i think that when you're talking about the pinnacle of platforming itself i feel like there's been a a more marginal improvement in in actual platforming purely platforming like linear design that that has been like a smaller increase in improvement than i think what odyssey does for exploration in relation to uh platforming it just feels like a much starker jump in that sense that i think made yeah the slower, more exploration-based stars in Galaxy, as few as there are, feel pretty slow and quite flat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's uh, for me. I I have always stated that I preferred the more linear style of level design from 3D yeah. Land and and Galaxy it's Two. Not, it's no surprise they went to 3D Land and 3D World after these games, right? Was 3D Land before? Yeah. It was after Galaxy Two, right? It was so, after Galaxy Two. Yeah. 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 They did one more roll of the dice for Galaxy in that format, and I think Galaxy 2 already went a little bit less exploration and more linear, and then obviously 3D Land and 3D World were almost entirely linear. That is just kind of what they went for. Right, because those games really are this junction point between 3D and yeah. 2D. Um, in, and... in that sense, this is maybe the... When you're talking about levels like Beach Bowl Galaxy or the B Galaxy, it's like... These are maybe some of the last exploration Mario levels in a 3D setting that you get until you get to Mario Odyssey, arguably. Like yeah, it's totally. A big, yeah. big, big jump. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the the B one, Gold Leaf Galaxy is in the engine room, um, and this one I don't have. You, I think I got it mixed up, and this is part of the reason with these like repeated ideas coming through is. Um, the level where you have to go up on the platforms where there's yeah, rain clouds. Yeah, this one has all the wood up top that you're platforming yes. around and you're racing exactly. Mario, Shadow Mario, Cosmic yeah. Mario, sorry, his name is Cosmic. But there's not there's not much else going on in this level. Um, it's it's fine. It's just to repeat in, in terms of theme. I, I like um, the autumnal setting. It's yeah, nice. it is autumnal. It's, it's nice. simple, it's but I like it. Maple Treeway is like one of my favorite Mario Kart Wii tracks. And it's just like, uh, yes, This is all about Maple Treeway. Shout out to Maple Treeway, man. Love that track. Um, one of the more interesting levels is the Sea Slide Galaxy. Um, this one, just construction-wise, feels it. like feels like a race course, and it is a race course because you do do a race in it when you're uh, doing the penguins and you're trying to beat them. Uh, you do obviously do a lot of underwater stuff here because the first two stars are basically focused on that. But then the third star is where I find it really interesting because this is actually one of the most exploration-focused yeah. stars in the game, uh, which is the Silver Stars of Sea Slide, which has you going around all the different parts of the island to find these silver stars that are not hidden necessarily but they're tricky to get to they're in high places they're you know they're not just led directly to you in a in a linear fashion yeah. and i found myself like use utilizing because that level actually has mini star uh, uh projection points to boost you back to the start so that you can get around right. it more quickly it's um 
it's good i really like this one it's weird because you say it's non-linear exploration but ultimately you're exploring in one big donut so like you are yeah, this is true it's like it's it's more secretly giving you a linear way of exploring this world in a way that i really liked and i think that the nature of having just a big donut of water is perfect for like the races and the collecting like yeah. this is water i think this is my favorite water level in the game it's like water level done right where totally because it always gives you the shell as an option to do these parts right you always have the shell to follow guppy in his right. rings you have it to race against the penguins as well and it is quite thin and and not it, it's not a big bowl it is like a race yeah course, and you're so. not forced to do those tight turns that i've said but earlier feel so difficult and like swimming through molasses like it is it's yeah. all about the wider turns racing with shells and that's where i think the water physics work a bit better totally um i would i would say it's more non-linear for me just because i didn't find one of them and i was like where is it and i kept wandering around trying to find it turns out it was just at the it was really high just, up above just a doing tree. laps <laughs> yeah doing laps it was it was really high up above a tree and yeah. i was like oh for god's sake that was the one i missed that um, tree's so. really big and yeah it's weird no not the big tree i don't mean the oh, really right. big tree i mean just one of the palm trees that's just high okay. up off the ground above it you need to use the bee costume to get up to it yeah um and it is neat that you can traverse this level in multiple ways you can use the bee mushroom to like go over the platforms and go on to the kind of archways or you can use the uh the underwater shell to like quickly go underwater you can complete that silver one with a bee costume without actually touching the water which is quite yes exactly it's very cool yeah it's neat um so i think that's one of the better levels in the the whole game actually um and then we have probably my favorite level in the game i agree i think i said freeze flame before but i think this actually far surpasses it honestly and i think this game this this level gets a hard time because of the spring mushroom i love the spring mushroom but i really love toy time galaxy this is definitely thematically it's one of the strongest in the entire game um and it has some of the most interesting and challenging platforming in the game and part of that again is because the spring mushroom can be a little wonky at times but when you do know the timing of it and you know how to jump it's really satisfying and it is it does work super well um so so this entire level is just you've got the big mecha bowser that you go and take down then you have a big mecha mario um and there's just a bunch of other stuff with like holes in the ground that you're bouncing over and and just getting to places and i think one of the weaker boss fights generally is like the mole in his little uh ship that shoots stuff that you fight that mole multiple times across the game and every time i was like i feel no need to be threatened by this guy he's stupidly easy and you just <laughs> go above him and just smash down i mean him. i um, like that they they've just said here's the same boss fight but we'll make him more elevated forcing you to use the spring to jump on right him to do the ground it's simple but i think it's quite fun because ultimately they are asking you to do a fiddly boss fight while in the spring costume so yes, they want to yeah. make it fairly simple and i think in that sense it kind of works it does kind of work but um i, I just really love all the different like areas in that this level also has the blue platforms which you can walk on the side of yeah, really and, cool. and that stuff is really clever when you combine it with um some of the like unscrewing like unscrewing uh oh, nuts and that. bolts these panels uh, that, yeah. yeah panels coming off like overall thematically cohesively um like upside down stuff just this is probably the strongest package overall in the whole of mario galaxy yeah um, totally agree it's although yeah and, and do you have any misgivings at all with the spring because i remember it being frustrating when i was younger maybe it's just because i'm better at video games now i feel more in control yeah i think we're both better i 
I really enjoyed it this time around. I did. I never fell off the stage and like, God damn it, that was just because of the spring. Like, it, 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 there's maybe one or two times I fell off, but it was totally my fault. And it is about just playing it safe with the spring, and it's re- it's about realigning your expectations of what Mario can and can't do. I think that's the whole point of the spring, you know. And I think it's just yeah. You can't just charge in like you can with another uh, Mario outfit or when he's just vanilla Mario, you know. And I think I think that's that's quite fun to play with. Yeah, for sure. Um, just excellent level all around. Very good stuff. Uh, the other uh, bonus level here is Bonefin, which is what we've already talked about, which is the giant uh, skeleton shark that you have to do underwater, who's a bit of a pain, um, but again, not not too taxing. Um, and then you have a final uh, Bowser Jr. level, which I, I believe is the refight of Caliente, his spicy return, as it's called. Yeah. Um, which, again, it's an easy boss fight. It's not really that tricky. Um, and I do I do like that boss fight. It's just a very simple, like, bashing coconuts back at something is just satisfying. It's a real weird, goofy thing. And there's, there's a level in, um, uh, there's, a, there's a section as part of the Dusty Dune galaxy where you have to knock coconuts from one uh, planet to the other planet and then use those to take i out, really um, like that uh, yeah it's uh, cool. uh, an enemy and um, that that was really neat so. um the uh luma yeah the luma one for this one is called choosing a favorite snack and it's basically uh, like a race where you can choose to be either boo mario or be mario and then navigate yourself through the same course because it'll yes. be a mixture of like water and sunlight and things to avoid with either of the costumes but you have to pick which one you want to you know play the yes. play the course as which i think is a, just a fun idea just evolving on previous mechanics in a nice way yeah absolutely um and then we have the garden dome which is the final one um where we have some tricky stages for sure uh deep dark galaxy Remind me of this one, Bally. This is maybe the worst galaxy in the game, honestly. Oh boy, yeah. I, I. So, what happens in this one? What's the things you're? Um, it's got the pirate ship with that Kamek fight we were talking about before. It's got yes. It's got the mole, doesn't it, at the start where you have to smash his head and yeah. uh, use the fire flower to open the gate. Uh, the yeah, it's got a cool thing where you, you the timer of the fire flower in that time while you're using it you have to catapult between mini planets in order to light up torches i like that and then one of them like shrinks as well and disappears in the sky yeah Um, it's the thing that happens um Um, but then this also has the ice flower and then using those to jump onto uh uh, kind of gushing out uh water parts in order to platform up there was a lot of that in freeze flame obviously as well and i yes i've the the physics of the spin jump while you're fire or ice mario yes. are different to the physics of vanilla mario i was just going to say this it, it feels much less it gives you less of a window it yeah. gives you less uh, movement and ability to grab onto something so when you think you're going to hit a point and you spin it doesn't actually take you as far as you want it to yeah so when you're being asked to do some pretty tricky platforming while ice mario in particular in order to platform up these uh, jets of water that you freeze and jump on obviously um it really doesn't feel good and there's an aspect of this galaxy that is doing that but there's a lot of it in freeze flame that just that hasn't aged anything like as well as i thought it had yeah it's um i think it's just part of the the issue with redesigning that move set part of it is like when you're doing the spin jump as the ice skating it has to feel different it has to be different so it can't do the same thing um which is unfortunate but it does mean that 
you know, the end of this game gets a little trickier when you're relying there does seem to be especially in melty molten as well this over reliance on the ice and the fire uh mushrooms uh, or power-ups i should say um which it, it feels like the 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 depth to which you are able to use these things are being squeezed like it, it just feels like you don't have as much leeway as you would like to and the challenge comes less from your ability and more from the constraints that they are arbitrarily putting on you if you know what i mean yeah um, yeah so so yeah uh there's there's the dreadnought galaxy which we've kind of discussed a little bit as well but it is just a bit of a harder version of that previous one i do like some of the visual stuff going on here it's, it looks it almost looks like a toy uh, in and of itself the way it's designed yeah it, it's some really cool design i agree um but but yeah there's there's uh sections where you are on a linear path and it's um you're on a platform and the platform is moving across the space and you have to avoid uh cannon shooting at you as you go um you know the top top guys come back and you have to kill them but again it's just a bit of a more difficult version of that uh versus uh multi multi molten which i have some real bad memories of multi molten purple coin slash some yeah, like late not, game stuff yeah. uh that is kind the of the thing rough. is like, about the garden is Deep Dark, Dreadnought, and Melty Molten Galaxy are all three-star, like, more exploration-based areas. Like, not exploration-based is the wrong word, but, like, they're, they're yeah. larger areas and not single one-off galaxies. And it's just yes. kind of them putting in the hardest things of the mechanics you've already learned in the game into three sort of finale levels together. And, yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't have the same freshness as, like right because a lot of these ideas are just repeated from before yeah and then obviously they ramp up the difficulty so you're just kind of like Ugh, this doesn't feel as fresh and it's harder and i think i'm ready to face bowser now kind of feeling yeah i think part of the brilliance of toy time galaxy is it is harder but it feels so different yeah. and new that you are really you know pulled along by that factor versus these ones which feel a bit more frustrating as a result of there not being something else yeah to just keep i you mean there, like melty you know? molten's got the piranha plant coming back again but on fire you know it's like yes you could have could have had like a, a brand new boss for that area or something yeah so so one point that i want to bring up uh, about the visuals is i think part of the marketing of mario galaxy was very much built on these moments where mario is like pushing through the air and things are exploding behind him yeah. and that moment doesn't happen until the second star of melty molten where you are just like <laughs> yeah. going uh, lava things are going above you and you're like bursting out and you're bursting out a volcano and things explode as there's you're... a couple in dreadnought as well with explosions and things yes yeah. yeah and it's like the camera is mario's facing the camera as he zooms towards you essentially yeah. um so i do want to kind of talk about the visuals a little bit uh, more matria says an obvious um uh, benefit here is the uh, the wow of the visuals and the audio um that are absolutely wonderful they may still be the best looking mario game still uh the music is just phenomenal 64 and sunshine soundtracks are solid but galaxy's gorgeous ost blows them out of the water it's not just the orchestral scores the music always fits the atmosphere perfectly and some of my favorite songs are the more somber ones like the rosalina centered tracks um and yeah like that we haven't talked broadly about music or like individually about music i should say on each of these levels but they each have a different tone to them and i think the bombastic stuff really comes into the fore when you're having these moments that when mario is just being shot across lava or shot across uh places just exploding with all the star bits and it feels like the orchestra is just like booming at those moments but then i do like the really quiet like uh, kind of like like 
little uh sounds that happen especially when you go back to you go to the gate level which is yeah. where you get the flying star and all the coins are there and that entire level evokes that kind of peaceful music of mario galaxy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah no i think there's just so so much around the music that is like i said at the start some of the best aspects that have aged the wet the, be- the best in aged the best in this game um it's like very impressive and it it is that combination of it's not just a big orchestra bombastic every time it's that combined with the small undertones that you were talking about like it's very impressive absolutely yeah um and then we have a splatter galaxy uh splatter i should say uh which is one of the trickiest ones i would say just yeah it's cool Especially the spring at the end, uh, where you're being Spring <laughs> yeah. Mario, and that That's one I died on like <laughs> at least five times this time, and I was like every time I was like I was like right at, I got to this one point that's literally right at the end, I think three times in a row, and fucked it up three times in a row, and got really frustrated by it. But overall, I think the idea is very sound. Like it, it's again like when we talk about freshness overcoming difficulty. Matter Splatter is a good example of that being a really late game, really difficult star. But you you kind of go along with it because it's unlike something you've really seen thus far in the, mm. in the game. Yeah. Um. So, so that is neat. It's and I think neat. they kind of expand on that later with in Galaxy Two with Yoshi and some of that stuff where he has a fruit that like shows light in places versus where the light doesn't exist. Um. Uh, that stuff uh, will get iterated on. Yeah, but. it's cool. Did you do Star Bunnies in the Snow? What is that? The bonus one, the Luma one? No, yeah, it's the Luma one for Garden. Sorry, yeah, yes, um, yeah. It's you got to chase three bunnies, and uh, three of them are hiding, and it's, it's a time. It's like a two or three minute time limit, and yeah, three of them are hiding in like one's in the snowman, one's in some hole or something, one's in the grass, and you have to just like oh, okay. use different power ups to get the three different bunnies. And there's like melting snow and flip switches, and all used in combination, which is pretty hard. Yeah, I don't think I did do that one. I think I had enough uh, Luma sh- uh, shot, uh, star bits at that point, maybe to do it. But um, yeah, the final uh, the final level actually, I think it's important to talk about this level because this whole level is really cool and yeah. it's probably my favorite bowser level in a mario game overall I, you know I, I haven't played other ones in a while so not the wooden boat in the lava and sunshine hmm, hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> moving on um it so this one is really it just throws everything at you and it also has new ideas like the spotlights on the wall where mario can walk on we've obviously seen that type of thing already in the game but i think it's just a really clever implementation of it um and it just feels very fresh and different um it's it's got a bunch of the arrow stuff in it i think and some like fire bars and things that you're dodging around like the the construction of all these bowser levels are actually not that far off from the original mario 64 very first bowser level you know like they they have a construction that feels more like a side-scrolling platformer yeah. than it does a 3d mario game and and um, like stylistically i think this feels like if you took one of those levels from 64 tore it apart and then stuck it in space with gravity it, like it looks like bricks and mortar take literally taken from that level and then put in place here with like the checkered flooring and the green carpet and that kind of thing yeah which is yeah totally. really cool really evokes an evolution of 64 in that sense which is what obviously i think the whole game's going for right yeah it really is um 
So, and then, yeah, you fight Bowser three times. I do appreciate that the uh, kind of the differences in the mechanics, yes. the slight differences. You know, he yeah. turns into a boulder and you're very used to at that point, you know, taking the right timing to spin at the red point of the boulder to knock him out. Um, and then the second one is using the uh, the bouncy... Uh, Green. Are call they plants? Them. Are they? Are they? Yeah, yeah. They're they are weird, but they have such a, a a nice look to them that it makes you want to touch it. Like it's really uh-huh. like made of actual rubber or something. Yeah, and you want to make sure you're not in the way when they come back because they can, you know, hit Mario in the face if he doesn't move out the way yeah. in time. Um, so that's definitely a thing that I remember doing. But I do appreciate that it's not just the same thing three times. Yeah. You know, doing the it's same a exact nice mechanic. Evolution. Yeah, they they add these two new elements, and then the final one is like the hardest version of that you know boss fight you've already done essentially. Um, and yeah, it's it, it can get tricky. I I think maybe I got lucky or something, or maybe I just had you know my muscle memory locked in at that point. I I was able to do it first time, but um, it's um, does it take you back to the very beginning if you die, or does it just take you back to the start of each individual stage? Uh, very beginning. Fight? Okay. Whoa. Yeah, you only go through the three phases again. Well. Uh, yeah, that uh, and that's it. And then you beat Bowser, and that's it. And then there's a weird cutscene, and Mario says, "Hello, new galaxy." And then uh, <laughs> we're back to the beginning again, the beginning of this. Uh, they had to have a story show. that played with ideas of Big Bang and time and space, and they really go for it in yeah. this finale. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, wow, it's, okay, uh, it's very over the top. Um, and uh, I don't know. I think like this is the last Mario game where story becomes a big focus. Um, there's some of it in odyssey but like really i don't know like after especially after the disaster of sunshine it's just kind of like i don't care and there's people on the internet like arlo who are like i I know you enjoy story in games by the way i think he's like another level of ridiculous (laughs) where he's like no but what if this game had a story what if mario had a real and i'm like i who fucking cares frankly (laughs) like it's that's not what these games are and they never will be that and um and I, I, I think like it's nice framing to have. Okay, this is kind of the setup, but that's not, that's not what the video so, game. So, what they're going to do for the film then, NBZ? Uh, yeah, of course, the film with all those great characters. It's going to have to have a story for that. It can't just be platforms there. Uh, I mean, I, w- I would watch it. What if it was just one long let's play of Mario? Yeah. <laughs> platforming is yeah the, the the mario film is just miyamoto's let's play yeah. that's exactly what it turns out to be that would be fantastic um but yeah that's it that's mario galaxy ballet um we've got some closing thoughts here from some folks uh Matria says overall galaxy is pretty fantastic and my favorite of the trilogy but i have some fairly large issues that hold the game back from standing with my personal greats it's so incredibly innovative and i think the game that nintendo forgot about uh managed to refine this formula and expand on what galaxy did so well of course we shall not that which shall not be named <laughs> galaxy 2 um even if it doesn't resolve some of my larger issues with the original uh the 3d marios are fun to talk about in general as i think you could genuinely argue any of them in any order depending on what you value they all do something the best and something the worst um and yeah i i tend to agree with that i think you know replaying this game has put into perspective this is a fantastic game i no longer think it's an unbridled masterpiece um and i think just part of that is when you dig into the different stars and you dig into like how many of them feel a bit rough um and don't quite hold up mechanically to this day uh you know that that luster that kind of like shock of the first time you play galaxy it's not there in the same way you know? yeah i think i agree i think before playing this 3d collection i had very clearly in my mind galaxy was the best of the three uh by some distance i think i probably preferred sunshine next and then 64 for me was just 
not a very good game in my mind in the large part and i think playing this trilogy has squished the three together a lot more i think sunshine is more or less what i expected in the middle there and i think galaxy is maybe not quite as incredible and as you say as much of a masterpiece as it was in my mind and is maybe closer to sunshine in that aspect but likewise i think 64 held up quite a bit better than i thought it would in my mind and is likewise a bit closer so i still i think my order is still the same i still think galaxy is probably the best of the three games i think my second favorite would be sunshine and 64 is my third favorite but it's a lot closer in my mind having played this collection than it was before yeah, I agree. I think they are they're more of a flat line than I than I originally thought. And it's weird. I think 64 is both better and worse than I yeah, remember it, yeah. you know. Um there are elements that are just like, wow, Mario really feels fantastic in this game. Um but it also has a lot of problems that I think more people are kind of coming to the realization of now. Um versus Sunshine which still a fucking mess but i i I think i have turned a little of a corner on sunshine in terms of like it is fun to control still and it it has a lot of flexibility in its movement and you know it's ultimately the the most fun to watch or stream which is a separate thing entirely but um it's it just has because of its ridiculous just ability to create stupid moments that you wouldn't see in any other mario game right like just those those things that just feel like it's it's running away from you and then somehow you pull it out just with some strangeness that happens to do with the physics or the platforming um and then galaxy yeah still fantastic but down down a peg a bit i think for me um so yeah it's it's been a great journey to go through all of these um let's get final thoughts from rachel um who has got the final thought pretty much on every one of these uh um episodes uh, and says, I got every star twice and I still love this game. The music will never stop me wishing that I picked up the Club Nintendo CD when I had the chance. Which, by the way, I think both of us own that, right? That Galaxy CD? Yeah, we, we've got that Mario Galaxy CD. Yes, I got that when that was a reward. Um, and when you consider such sounds were originally coming from a Wii, it's possibly still this game's jewel in its crown. The running around in Galaxy games is second to none for me. Even without an objective or a star to collect, I would frequently just long jump around planets to see how far Mario could go, almost launching him into orbit before gravity brought him back down, as though instead of rockets, all NASA had was a portly Italian plumber. Um, The 2D areas, though clearly an improved uh, idea upon in Odyssey, are still some of my favourite levels in all of Mario, utilising gravity switching that could only make sense in a Galaxy game to feel completely unique, but also comfortable and familiar at the same time. It's Mario, Jim, but not as we know it. In summary, Super Mario Galaxy is still the best game in the 3D All-Stars collection, as well as my favourite of the three, but that's only because Galaxy 2 isn't included. Galaxy 2 is my real 10 out of 10 favourite Mario game. Can't wait to pay 50 quid to pay that again, play that again on the Switch 2. Uh, <laughs> it's happening. You know it's happening. It's happening, it's happening. I don't know, man. You know, they did say, you remember with Mario Maker 2, they were like, styles, plural, and then nothing fucking happened yeah. with that shit, so... Uh, <laughs> thanks nintendo uh who knows if they will give us galaxy 2 but we, we should play mario galaxy 2 because for me this collection cemented in my mind that odyssey is my favorite 3d mario and i know that for you galaxy 2 is that mario and i'm intrigued to see what you would think of galaxy 2 well i mean i'm i'm weird my favorite is 3d land but that's just land. I'm strange. if we're counting uh, that as 3d mario yes. sure but um yeah of the more traditional 3D Marios, I think it'd be good for both of us to play Galaxy 2 again. Just, Nintendo will put it out. I, 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 they have to, right? Like, I really do think that they will release it. They will put Galaxy 2 on a Switch at some point. The question is, when and how? Like, does it become a 
does you know when we get to march 31st of this year do they just reverse and say oh actually you know we were lying what we meant was this entire collection is going away but what we really meant is they're all individually now on the eShop. and does that mean like and now they're all individually now we put galaxy 2 on the eShop? it's, it's really tricky because ultimately they have got the sales they probably wanted for 3d collection i believe it sold very well and whether that's through people being scared that it was going to be taken away again like they said or because people just wanted to play 3d mario i don't know but if nintendo go back on that how often in the future when they say, oh yeah, limited time only, will people be like, yeah, I'm not going to buy it because they're lying. It's not actually going to be limited time. You know, like how many times can you can a boy call, call Wolf, you know, before people right. think, yeah, Nintendo just liars, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Well, there you go. That's it. That's our end of our celebration of 3D Mario. Um, I hope I will never have to talk about Rare Sunshine again uh, in the history of my life. Uh, but, you know, stranger things have happened. Uh, and maybe uh, one day, uh, you know, they'll make a sequel. Sunshine Two, Bali. What do you? What are your? What are the odds on Sunshine Two Sunshine ever being announced? Um, I think the odds of a Sunshine reference, if not uh, Kingdom in Odyssey Two, are probably mm. fairly decent. So I think probably that would be my... I would. I would imagine we'd go to Delfino in Odyssey Two. Yeah, right? that would be my my highest hope. And let's see if Odyssey Two can come out this year because. I'm pretty confident that game is going to be a thing, whether it's this year or next year, who knows, but we'll see. You know, the thing is, Mario Galaxy is over a decade old. I think it's 14 years, almost 14, uh, 13, 14 years old at this point. And, um, you know, that's a long time. Uh, people who were kids like us at the time, uh, you know, are now adults. And the thing with nostalgia is, is that's a pretty significant amount of... Uh, time that has passed do nintendo have a galaxy thing in odyssey 2 that's a nostalgic yeah thing i think they might people? do they might have a little reference to all the games to yeah. be honest like uh peach's castle might have just been the start you know just yeah potentially yeah right. i'd, I'd but really like that that'd be great um but we'll see if nintendo even announced odyssey 2 this year who knows that would be uh very cool and uh, i'm sure we will talk about it when it happens but that's going to close us out for this episode. Thank you, everybody, uh, for listening to our Celebration of Mario. Thanks to everybody who wrote in for all of these episodes. Um, uh, really nice to see that. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, these all were kind of secret backlog clubs in a way, like in, in some <laughs> sense. like one of but our biggest was... projects yet, hasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> we're going to play yeah, all three games in the 3D. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I enjoyed doing it. I'm glad that we now have it in the archive of like a real deep dive on all of these games. Um, it's it's very cool to have because they are like some of the most significant games that Nintendo have made. Um, and I think it's important to kind of dig into that history and talk about them and, and all of our thoughts. So uh, yeah, thanks everyone for joining us. Um, I'm going to close the show out now by talking about some things that you can go find about us on the internet and other things we have planned and, and all that other kind of stuff. Uh, if you'd like to support us, you can support us at Patreon, patreon.com slash thisnintendolife, um, where we would like to thank some of our supporters, Bally. Yes, thank you to our $10 tier patrons. They are Zach S., Atari Alex, Thomas, Matthew, and my fiance Caroline. Thank you all for your support. Uh, we just put out our first episode of This Nintendo Life for 2021, uh, which you can listen to for a single dollar. That show is available. And we did our predictions on Nintendo consoles for the year ahead um i don't know why we're doing predictions in this climate but who knows it's it's a fun thing to do so if you want to yes. listen to that uh, you can listen to all episodes of this nintendo life i think that's now seven episodes you can listen to for a single dollar uh, we'd hugely appreciate uh, your support yeah absolutely 
Um, you can find our show all over the place on the internet. Uh, you can follow the uh, podcast Twitter, which is at TNL Podcast. has links to our Discord, to our YouTube channel, all that stuff and updates. Um, and uh, yeah, you can follow me at Lord NBZ, uh, where I basically just become a judgment fan account at this point in time. <laughs> I mean, there are so. I posted a video yesterday of uh yagami back flipping a grenade and kicking it into some guys and it's just fuck this game is fucking amazing i just <laughs> you fucking rode on a skateboard and kicked a guy in the face oh it's so good anyway if you want to check that out follow me at lord nbz bali how are you doing what's going on on twitter for uh, i'm on twitter at ballyman 91 that's b-a-l-l-y-m-a-n 91 and i have not been tweeting much i need to find some things to tweet about i don't know who knows? Just tweet about anything, Valley. You know, I might just like, start like know. a food Instagram or something. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I'm in the mood. You know what? You do a lot of cooking. You should do, do that. Get your cooking. food, get your food Instagram going. Um, and we'll obviously we'll promote that when that happens. <laughs> um, yes, that'll uh, that'll do us for that stuff. Uh, if you want to find the show, you can find us all over the internet um, on any podcasting app of your choice. Um, please do review us on iTunes if possible. Um, that's the best way to let other people know about it. Uh, if you enjoy the show. Um, and we'll read some of those uh, when they they come in. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think that just about does it. Um, any other thoughts, Bally? At the end, have I forgotten anything? Uh, There's always Cyber Shadow coming out. We might have played a bit of that by yeah. next time. So that'll be yeah. fun. Uh, I think that'll be that'll be enjoyable. So the new releases, uh, first game of the year. Yeah, the the new releases are coming, um, and uh, we got a release date for Pokemon Snap, Bally. That's fun. Uh, so exciting. looking forward to that at the end of april and hopefully there'll be some other stuff uh scattered in there in between well, but bowser now has a new giga form oh yeah the 3d world thing yeah. and so much stuff going on um I, d- I really want to play that but i do not want to pay another 50 <sighs> quid to buy I that game again standalone as well as uh. it's just uh. nintendo why do you do this to us your most loyal ardent wii u fans <laughs> you're just putting us in the mud but you know that's most of the people who own Wii U's are going to buy that game again. Yeah. I, I think we we're just we just refuse because we're just very but stubborn. It's the sort of thing that I reckon if that was like a PlayStation game, they'd make it standalone. You know, it's like it's a very yeah. Nintendo thing to do to like stick it inside something else. Well, it's just an incentive, right? It's an incentive for you to buy the whole thing again. That's why. That's why they do it. it just, so. Do we ever get rewarded for buying a Wii U? <laughs> no, never. Ever. We'll never. Uh, the, well, you know, our reward was playing Mario Maker in its correct form. Yes. You know, like the truest version of Mario Maker. And playing a bunch of fantastic games at the time they came out. Um, yeah, exactly. Being on the ground floor for Splatoon, man. That was a thing. Tropical Freeze, 3D World, yeah. Star Fox Zero. Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp Effie. <laughs> All the classics. Uh, anyway, that is going to close us out for the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you very soon. Bye-bye, folks. interlude used on today's show was good egg galaxy from super mario galaxy copyright nintendo 2007